What is up, scintillating strangers? Wow. I, I cheated. I looked he on my. Worked hard I looked on for that. adjectives that start with S on my phone, and I saw that in there. So I went with. Is it scintillating? Well, it was scintillating? sweaty. I saw sweaty, oh, scintillating, no. and stinky. So I decided. Yeah, that feels like the safest choice. Probably the best one. Yikes! Hey, strangers, welcome to another episode of the Strange Sessions. As always, I am your host Swaggy K, and I am here with my lovely co-host Krista. Hi. Swaggy K is when I turn my hat sideways, oh, sideways. at school. That's when the kids call me Swaggy K, and they always ask me when I'm going to drop my new track. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, have know. you dropped your track yet? I have not dropped my track yet. I mean, we yet. drop I'm a still... track twice, we do dr- twice a month. So. <laughs> we do drop a track. We drop something twice a month. I don't know if it's a track. I don't know what it is. Uh, oh, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I made it through the week. <laughs> I did. This Things was are a rough, crazy. This was a rough week. Oh, man. Uh, I am moving my mom home today, though, so that is You're exciting for that. everyone. For everyone, at the school forest twice this week, and that's like thirty. Is that your? That's the school campground. Yeah, yeah. but is that you're doing geocaching? The, thank you, geocaching. And that's an easy thirty-five thousand steps for me during the day because Dang. I'm running through the woods. And uh, yesterday morning, I got you know I was in the mirror. That's a hint for the episode, by the way. I was by Ooh. the mirror in the bathroom, and I'm looking, and I'm like. Did you have a tick on I'm you? like, I thought it was a scab. And I'm like, did I poke myself in the woods? And I'm like looking at it and I'm trying to like, and all of a sudden I see the legs move and I'm oh like, god. oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god. So oh my I'm god. freaking out because somewhere at home I have a tick remover and it wasn't in your skin though. It was, was in it? my skin. Oh shoot. Uh, and I have a tick remover. Oh so I'm god. frantically looking for this and finally I'm just freaking out. I want it out. So I took a tweezers and popped. And it's weird because you're pulling your skin. You can see your skin like, Ugh. but it doesn't hurt because it does some kind of numbing thing, I think, with the, the tick. When yeah. It, but That's why I'm, you don't I'm feel like, it. I'm like yanking this out and then I finally got it and I don't think anything is in me, but I guess three or four kids had ticks. I've never had one actually in my skin oh, I've, I've had them crawling i've had it twice now i've had Ooh. it twice in my skin jim and i rented a cabin a couple years ago in the dells and we went for like a 10 minute walk in the woods and we came back and each of us had a dozen ticks crawl- like a dozen each crawling on us it was Ugh. horrifying and uh yeah so i don't know i hope i don't get lyme <laughs> disease uh, well watch for that bullseye rash then you'll know I hope I don't get a bullseye rash. Yeah. The area where it, it was is really like red. Debilitating, but I actually. do think that when I'm already worried because that's uh, just from pulling it out. I'm, I'm sure. already worried because um, just jump into shout outs quick before we get this gets longer. <laughs> uh, shout outs to our newest strangers. Those are Andy Watson, JJ Johnstone, and Anija. A N I J A. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty. I, whatever that is. I don't know if it's Anija. Anija. I like it. Anija Sly. And Ooh, just a random. Anija Sly. Yeah. That's a uh, sweet Just name. a random miscellaneous shout out to my students because sweet. I don't have a specific one, I don't think. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And, and while we're following format, if you don't want to listen to us talk about ticks for the next 20 minutes, <laughs> check the show notes. Kurt has posted the timestamp of the yes. actual topic start. Okay. No. So what I'm worried about, like... uh my death shirt. You know my death shirt. The story of my death shirt where I saw that oh, guy yes. ca- crawl out of my flannel bathroom shirt. when I was a kid. Yeah. That flannel shirt that I'm supposedly going to die in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my, she was my sixth grader last year, but she's a seventh grader now. Lucy asked me really sweetly yesterday not to wear that anymore Aww. because I was telling them. I was telling a couple students, like, I don't know what's going on, 
But within the last two weeks, I've lost my water bottle at school twice. I lost my Chromebook. Hmm. I'm forgetting where I'm putting stuff. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And it's starting to, I forgot my GPS, which I'm super anal about at the school forest. Hmm. So I'm tearing my apartment apart looking for it. And it turns out I left it there. So I'm starting to like worry that something's wrong. Oh, no. Like my memory is getting weird. And I was telling them that. And Lucy's like, Mr. K, please don't wear your death shirt. She's like, we worry about you. So I just don't know if something's wrong, but if it keeps getting worse, like I, I'm really good at remembering where my water bottle is. And twice I was tearing the school apart, trying to remember where I left it. Hmm. My laptop, I could not remember where I left it at school. You know, it's just, I'm forgetting some words. Like when I'm trying to tell somebody a certain word. So I'm that a little, all be it, just it could be. To... And I'm also super stressed right now because yes. there's a ton of stuff going on right that now. That sounds like stress to me. Uh, so here's the thing, Kurt. Yeah. It's. Uh, let me hold up my glasses. This is something to think about. <laughs> I might. I have experience. It's. It's not that I can't remember what these are called. It's that. What do I do with these? If yeah. you can't remember what no. to do with these, no, that's, that's a when problem. I would freak out. Yes, it's not so much. It's that like I'm... your car keys. I can't remember what these are called. They're oh keys. That's right. They're no. Car it's keys. where did I leave my car keys? But it's not. What are these? And what do I? If do that with would happen, them? I would panic because that's that's a problem. That's a problem. Yes. Uh, but I just like, I don't know, you know, my, some of my students know this. I don't know if I'm going back there again after this year, you say that because every year. <laughs> I know, but there's a big curriculum change oh, and they might, it not, might not be your me. choice. I don't feel like I'm super liked by admin there because I'm super friendly with the students as oh. opposed to being like a strict disciplinarian yeah. Yeah. and I'm getting more and more broke like constantly because the money situation i'm applying for a job at the library the school library there which would be amazing but i don't think i'm going to get it because i would have to be going to school during it for library science oh but and i don't mean to be dropping all this on there, but and <laughs> it's also so a therapy session. but i'm just like so broke it's unreal you know like credit card debt um and where does Rhonda work uh, she's the Franklin. librarian. She's at Franklin, yeah. Oh, okay. So she would like. She's already said she would help me figure everything oh, out. Nice. So I'm gonna apply for it. But if I don't get it, I don't know if I can stay there, hmm. which sucks because I love these kids so much. Yeah. But we'll figure out what's gonna go on. So it could be just that on my mind. And, yeah. But Stress it's just like I'm starting to, to like forget where I'm putting stuff in that spot. But you have a very good point. At least I'm remembering what, what it's for. It's for. Yeah. That's so anyway, that's enough about my problems. Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fine. Um, I, I, you know, I don't talk about where I work or what my job is. Oh, but you, it's got, been you got some hectic stuff it's at been work. An going incre- on. I've been working like 12 hour days. So it's been a very, a very hectic, stressful week. But we've finally come to the end of the stress, hopefully. I was supposed to have a week of PTO next week and I had to cancel that just because of what's going on. But it's all good. Good. It's all I'm good. I'm trying to think what else is there. And just my mom moving home is going to be just, <laughs> a big weight off your shoulders. It is. I mean, yeah. I, I love my mom. She's been with us since January, though. <laughs> And so she's been my mom since I was born, (laughs) since I was born. Um, But she's looking forward to going home, too. So it's it's a win win for everybody. Good, 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 good. I'm seeing your mom here, though, when I come here for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. She's usually up by the time you leave. Yeah. She usually says hi to me. I'm trying to think, do we have any other housekeeping that you can think of? Oh, I was going to say what my weird. I don't know if it was a synchronicity, but it was weird that I was at school one day and they were testing a student called FNP. They were testing the student's reading level. Mm. So they're testing Ryan and I'm in the room with them because they're sh- kind of showing me how to do this and everything. So Ryan's reading a book about fishing okay. and he has to read it out loud and oh, sure. test how he does. And it came up in the book that it is bad luck for fishing to bring a banana on the boat. And I'm like, 
I just heard this on a the podcast. Haunted yeah. Objects yes. podcast. Yeah. But it was that. <laughs> it was, and I'm yesterday. like, because I was talking to Angie and Ryan. I'm like, I asked Ryan, does it really say that? And Ryan's like, yeah, it says it's bad luck. What and day was that? I don't remember, but I was driving home from school that day listening to the podcast, and all of a sudden it comes up about bringing a banana on a boat. I just and it listened was, yesterday. Yeah, and it was like twice. That's in, weird. I had never heard that before. Not synchronicity yeah. for me, Kurt. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but it was like twice in one day. Weird. I had never heard of that before. No, me and it, it, it popped up twice in one day for me that it's bad luck that to bring a banana crazy. on a boat. Wow. I love, yeah. Okay. So that was my weird synchronicity. It just me out. Because I'm driving home, and all of a sudden they say it's bad. The boat, and I'm like, what i'm like i, I literally, laughed out loud yeah i'm like i literally just found out about that like two hours ago that's crazy. so that was kind of a cool synchronicity wow. and i love that so many of our strangers are having synchronicities i have seen 11 11 so many times this week and my 11 11s have kind of died off oh. like no. I, I found them for you <laughs> Good, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, it sounds like our listeners are too like totally. them have 11 11s do we have anything <sighs> to open and or eat yes and yes yes and yes <laughs> should we open that big one first? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I'll get the scissors. The scissors. John Doucette, who I believe is Coleman's dad. Yes, We're going to open that is. one next time. Okay. That is oh, still that sitting here. Package. You ready to catch oh. this? Oh God. oh, God. This is oh God. Catch with Kurt and Krista. Ooh. Got it? You ready? Yep, I'm ready. Yes. Perfect. All right. Let's see. Ooh, I might not even need scissors. I think those tear to open. I think you know, like I put the 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 teaser on for this episode last week about what it was going to be about, mm-hmm. and I kind of like the idea of doing that in case like p- like people quickly figured out I was talking about mirrors. Like if somebody had a story about a mirror, they could send it to us oh, and we yeah. could read it in the episode. I think the next episode is going to be a strange states episode. Okay, strange states. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure which state I'm going to do yet. So if you desperate, oh boy, that does not look promising. If you want us to do a certain state, let me know. Otherwise, I might do Texas. Okay. Okay. Texas. Just Texas. Just Texas. Out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. Big state. Okay. A gift for you. Ha ha. Had to since you oh guys used to tell your pickle jokes. I should tell a pickle joke right now just for the heck of it. Was going to send something tasty, but then saw this. Sorry. Love you guys. Thank you for your hard work. You guys get me through many long night shifts from Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. I think we've tasted this already. It's oh, my God. Another pickle. one. We, yeah. We I'm, should do it. Yeah. I'm we cool with it. it. Okay. We So we have tasted this, but it was several seasons ago. It was it was at the school. And remember, it like yes. hardened into like a puck. And then didn't Corey Corey taste tasted it? the puck. Because he's a he monster the, when he it comes the to He tasted the cotton candy, the dried cotton candy puck. And he'll eat anything and be like, eh, that's no big deal. And that would be Aaron too when Aaron comes on here. We're like throwing up and yeah. Corey's like, eh, no, this is good. pretty this good. Is not bad. <laughs> he's very uh, unaffected by that stuff. Okay. I just remember not really enjoying it. It has like almost no smell. I remember that. Right. Our pickle cotton candy. Oh, this is weird. Uh, uh, it looks like fiberglass. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like green insulation. I'm gonna take a picture of that. I took a. Oh, now I can smell the dill. It's a really big dill. <laughs> See what I did there? I saw what you did there. Oh, it smell like when you catch a whiff of it away from your nose it smells like dill but when you smell it up close it, it smells actually like smells kind of good okay okay right. yep, yep. <laughs> oh. oh that first taste is so gross oh my god when it hits you it's cotton candy but then the dill comes through and you're like oh it's so dilly 
Ugh. Okay, a first bite is gross. After, the aftertaste After is that, sweet, it grows though. on me. After that, it grows on me. I feel like I have to have finish more. this. I'm going to have some more. Mm, we're, st- we're starting to like it's this. It's weird. Oh, that first taste, though. It's, it's like, like a, Sour Patch Kids where it's like gross at first, and then... Oh. Then you kind of like it. And then on the back end, it's like, oh. Thank you for this. That's not mm. bad. Oh. But it's also gross. Thank you, Danielle. I'm going to read a pickle joke. Which pickle wins the beauty contest? Don't know. The pickle of the crop. That's so dumb. Guess what, guys? They're just as bad as they've always been. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anything else to... Um, Do you want to so, take something out of... Yeah, I think there's like presents in there. That's, that's the Sorry, box I from, needed to that, take a drink of water. That's the box from... T- I'm, I'm going to frisbee this to okay. you. Oh! <laughs> it like flew over your head and hit Bigfoot in the face. No, who's that box from? Which which box is that? Who is it? What's it? It's on the it's on the thing you're holding, the flap. Oh. Tiana. Tiana's. That's Tiana's box. I'm just gonna reach in and grab something. Ooh, it's a book. It's a book. The Hollow Places. Ooh. Okay, hold on. And there's bookmarks. Yeah, I see bookmarks. Okay, it's a book. It's called The Hollow Places, a novel by T. Kingfisher. And it looks like there's bookmarks in here. Oh, and a McDonald's gift card. Come on. Uh, seriously? That is so cute. That's for you, obviously. Oh, thank you so much. It says, oh, I myself am strange and unusual. It's That's from awesome. Beetlejuice. That is awesome. I love Lydia. Oh, these are so cute. Okay, let me take pictures of everything. I think she told me something about this book. This might have to be a book club yeah, book. Yeah, maybe let's do that for a book club book. Okay. Okay, taking a picture. I myself am strange and unusual. I like this actually. Winona Riders. One of her best characters. Never saw it. You've never seen Beetlejuice? Nope. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Shit. Wow. Just... That was such an example. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh my God, thank you so How much. How perfect is that? That is perfect. Thank you so much because I was just complaining about being broke. Okay, do you want to take the book and then I'll just find one on Amazon or whatever for the book club? Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. I'm excited for this. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. We I'm... are actually going to get this done in the... T- it's 18 minutes. We haven't stuck to the titillating You want to take 20. something else out of our box? Sure. That's right. We got them. Might as well use them. Oh, that is cool. Is Squonk in there? We'll find out. It's a it's a really cool book. It almost feels like a kid's book, but it's Tales of the Cryptids. Mysterious creatures that may or may not exist, as investigated by Hall, Spears, and Young. Here, hold it up. I'm going to send her a picture of you holding it up. Oh, let me take my glasses off. I only want to look sort of nerdy. Perfect. You know, I was going to say this earlier, Whoa. but I didn't know how you would take it. You know who you kind of look like when you have your glasses on? Oh, God. What? Zach Baggins. <sighs> There's a little bit. You're, you're a little Zach Baggins-ish when you got those glasses on. I hope that's not a testament to my abilities or integrity as an investigator. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're a little Baggins-esque. He's, he's sort of a, what do you, what do you want to call it? Charlatan. Yes, but everybody's sort of like coming. And it's weird because I right actually now. talk about him in this episode. Oh, do you now? Yes, I do. Oh, this is a terrible picture. Um, no, what is the word I'm looking for? He's like, 
not enemy number one. You know what I'm trying to say. Like everybody's kind of like. Yeah, but then I also feel sorry for him. him under I the feel bus sorry right for now. him because everybody. Yeah. You know, is throwing him under the bus. It's like that with Paris Hilton. Like I, I liked, I liked Paris Hilton. <laughs> I think people have come around to Paris. Hilton I think they really bit. have. But yeah. I liked her when everybody hated her, just because I felt bad because everybody hated her. Oh, this and is cool. This is fun. That is cool. It's like a, it's, a, it's feels like almost a kids' educational book about cryptids. That is awesome. We need this in our curriculum. We do. We need that. We do. We need that in our strange sessions library. I am. I'm going to use this bookmark. I'm. So I am too because to I am using bookmark. old receipts as bookmarks right now because Thank I you, give, been given bookmarks. I'm not sure where they are. Thank you, Tiana. So nice. I didn't even need the scissors. No. All right, twenty minutes. Boom. Nailed it. We're getting good at this. <laughs> Seven seasons. <laughs> Next time in. we'll be like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Krista, what are we talking about today? You did the research on this one. Um, haunted cars. <laughs> Haunted cars. <laughs> that is not one that popped up on my my radar to do an episode. I just made to it do up an episode right about, now. but maybe I should. I'm so excited about McDonald's gift certificate. Well, good. I went through there this morning, and they it's had the little a, things. They had a obviously a brand new crew. The oh. meal took forever. My coffee was lukewarm. Oh man! But I also don't want to complain, you know, because it sucks when you're like yeah. at, new at a job and. Uh, yeah. Or, Told you about the time I went there and I went to the window and they said the person ahead of me paid for mine. Oh, really? And they and said, you're like, yeah, wait, now I got to pay for the guy Well, that's the me? thing. It was like six or seven bucks for mine. And they're like, do you want to pay for the person behind you? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, that'll be 19 bucks. And I'm like, oh. So I got hosed on that deal, but could have went either way. Yeah. You know, such as not everything always comes up, Kurt. I also think it's okay to be like, uh, I only have six or seven bucks. Can I put that towards it? And it, it would still oh, be. Oh, I a, didn't ever thought of that. It would still be a pay it forward kind of thing. And I completely forgot. I think today is Earth Day. It is Earth Day. So Happy talk, Earth Day. A, talk a little bit because I forgot to put on my other glasses. Oh, um, I love the planet. Eat more vegetables. Use less plastic. <laughs> I love vegetables. Go smell a flower. <laughs> if you have any flowers yet, ours are. Our bulbs are, are coming up, but we don't have any actual flowers yet. We're too close to the No, light. but you can see like the trees are budding. Are yes, budding. that's exciting. We have that tree in our front yard that's going to blossom pretty soon. It has white blossoms on it in the spring. All right. I'm going to start my stopwatch so I can Whew. edit this okay. if I have that was, to. That was a lot of pressure, That was a lot way. of pressure, but you did Jeez. good. You did good. Okay. Nailed it. Are you ready? I am ready. I was going to bring this word up, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. Iso... Isoptrophobia? Hmm. Sure. Fear Is that of, fear of mirrors? Fear of mirrors. Interesting. And like researching this. Oh, by the way, the episode is about mirrors and the paranormal. <laughs> uh, researching this, it surprised me how many people have a fear of mirrors. Oh. And what's interesting is the book that you have me reading for the book club, the Dean Koontz one. Like she's afraid of her reflection yes. in mirrors, so mm-hmm. it was cool. I reading haven't started that. it yet. But... It was cool reading that when I was researching this. Yeah, but I have nice dove in. deep into mirrors for the last two weeks. So can I say? Uh, can I tell a quick side story? Oh God, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, who is the you know perpetual skeptic, we we remodeled our bathroom and we took the mirror that was in there down and just put it in our bedroom for a while because we didn't know where to go with it. And I came in one day and it had been turned around. So the mirror was facing the wall. And I was like, did you turn the mirror around? He's like, yeah, just in case. Okay. (laughs) But it's weird. Like I never, I did not 
realize or think about this until I was doing this episode. I have one mirror. I have my bathroom mirror. I used to have a mirror in my bedroom and I took it down. And I I have several. I I think it was just, I don't remember why. I'm not a mirror guy. Like I will not, I avoid looking at myself in a mirror. I like the, it seems to bring more light to a room. It makes a room feel a little bit bigger. I use it as decor. I don't need to look at myself in every room. That's not the purpose of the mirrors, but I do have several mirrors hanging see and i have one i have my bathroom one but i did notice this week when i was playing around with them that i can open both doors and then the mirrors face each other which we're gonna which is a thing so i have our our living room mirror and our dining room mirror do sort of have that they face each other too which i've thought about i haven't had anything weird happen yet I haven't opened a portal, to my knowledge. We'll we'll get we'll work work on that. We'll get okay. that going. Well, <laughs> let's not work on okay. that. <laughs> so you guys know me by now. We're going to start off with some really boring mirror history. Okay. But I thought it was interesting. History of yeah, mirrors. Yeah, the history of mirrors. So this comes from the Bienestock Furniture Library website called quote mirrorhistory.com, which is actually a website. Okay. Lots of mirror stuff, and from the Inviting Home website. The word mirror derives from the French mirror and from the Latin mirare, which means to admire. I never knew that. That yeah, makes sense. The Romans, <laughs> this word has a different use today. The Romans themselves, however, used the word speculum from, that's, isn't that what they use in a mm-hmm. gynecological exam? Yeah, it's delightful. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not. No. From specker, which means to look or behold, but the word speculum means a whole different thing today. Okay. It's believed that the first mirrors were when people looked into still water and saw someone looking back at them, sure. which had to be weird if you right. had no idea. Yeah, uh, that would be freaky. The earliest man-made mirrors were from polished stone, black, volcanic glass, obsidian. Some examples of this kind of mirror have been found in Turkey dating back at least 6,000 years. Dang. The ancient Egyptians used polished copper to produce mirrors, and often the round face of the mirror, and the mirror was always round because it was symbolic of the Egyptian sun god Ra, the outside around the mirror would often be embellished with ornaments. The ancient Mesopotamians also produced polished metal mirrors, and mirrors made from polished stone were found in Central and South America from around 2000 B.C., In China, mirrors began to be made from metal alloys, a mixture of tin and copper called speculum metal that could be highly polished to make a reflective surface. Lucy wants to... She's been barking for a while. It's probably something coming out of your mirrors up there. Could be. Metal alloys (laughs) or precious metals mirrors were very valuable items in ancient times and were only affordable to the very wealthy. By the time of Seneca the Younger, around 4 BC, a small number of Greek mirrors were large enough to reflect a person's entire body. Most remained quite small, less than 12 inches diameter, constructed with either a stand-up handle, an eyelet for hanging, or a protective boxed metal cover for easily carrying on one's person, and that was like the the original compact, Mm. you know. Most were ornamented with the images of the gods, especially Pan, god of the wild, Eros, god of desire, and Aphrodite, the goddess of beauty and love. All were considered among the most precious objects in antiquity. As Seneca recorded, quote, For a single one of these mirrors of chiseled silver or gold inlaid with gems, women are capable of spending an amount equal to the dowry the state once offered to poor general's daughters. So they were quite expensive. Dowries are weird. Yeah, that that's weird. Like students always like when we talk about dowries and and like ancient like in social studies and ancient, mm-hmm. they're always like, "What?" <laughs> 
You're bartering for your future basically, life, basically. basically. Yeah. In Japan, bronze mirrors were associated with. Uh, I, I never know how to pronounce this name. Amaterasu. Sure. The the sun goddess and imperial ancestor who, at the dawn of time, ordered her grandson to descend from heaven to rule over Japan and gave him a sacred mirror, providing him and his successors perpetual access to the divine sun. Throughout medieval Japan, mirrors were considered sacred objects used not only in rituals and display, but also to ward off evil spirits and when placed in Shinto shrines to speak with the gods. As the Roman Empire, Chris is putting on her I'm jacket. I'm zipping up my jacket. That yeah. is not a demon speaking from the. <laughs> okay. As the Roman Empire ascended, mirror making appeared in every land where Romans settled, including England. Then, upon the collapse of cultures and economies during what used to be called the Dark Ages, mirror making appeared to have died out. It's believed that during those times, religious confessions stated that the devil is looking at people and watching the world from the opposite side of the mirror. So fear, so few mirrors exist from 5 to 10 AD, hmm. which is interesting. Very. Around 500 AD, man began to create somewhat clearer and more reflective glass mirrors using silver and mercury mixtures. Examples of such have been found in China dating as early back as 500 AD. But another thousand years would pass before silver-mercury processes became more efficient and less deadly because mercury is super poisonous. Yes. Enlightenment in the age of reason, science, culture, philosophy, and mirror making did not arrive in an instant. But sometime around the 12th century, mirror makers began to measurably improve their craft. A guild of mirror makers, the first ever recorded, was formed in the city of Nuremberg in 1373, soon followed by a guild in the city of Venice. Meanwhile, Venetian guildsmen perfected the art of making mirrors with glass, mercury, and ornate frames and beveled edges. These were highly sought after and, along with Venetian lace, turned Venice into Europe's leading exporter, an economic supremacy the city would maintain for more than 150 years. So important was mirror-making to the economy of Venice that guildsmen were sworn to uphold trade secrets upon penalty of death. In the rare instances in which a guildsman was permitted to travel outside the city, that person's family was held hostage, and if the traveler did not come home, they were killed. Hmm. So they did not want anybody else knowing their mirror-making secrets, wow. I guess. Dang. In the city of Nuremberg in 1373, the first mirror manufacturing plant was opened. Mirrors were then aggressively integrated into all aspects of life. In the 16th century, mirrors became a part of mysterious rituals of witchcraft. And that was a big thing with witchcraft. Oh, I'm sure. Also, for 200 years, mirrors were used by the Spanish and French spies for coding and decoding secret messages. The secret coding system was introduced in the 15th century by Leonardo da Vinci. The scriptures were coded in mirror reflection, and without the mirror, it was impossible to read the message. Like, he put his signature, like, mirror image of his signature in some of his pictures, mm. some of his paintings, okay. I believe. Mirrors became popular collectibles among royals. King Henry VIII and the King of France, Francis I, were the most avid mirror collectors of their time. It's weird when you think about how we take mirrors for granted now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're literally everywhere in our cars. Yeah. You know... It just, it's weird how important it was. And that now it's just like, what? You can buy them for them a couple the bucks at a yeah, thrift can, store. Yeah. In the 17th century Russia, mirrors were considered a sin. In 1666, the Orthodox Church prohibited the possession of mirrors by priests. 
And from this time on, a lot of superstitions surrounded mirrors. In 1835... Did you break a mirror on the way here, Kurt? No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> I haven't broken a mirror in quite a while. Me neither. Knock in on wood. In 1835, Justice... <laughs> knock on wood. He had two... <laughs> two super, we're going to get to superstitions in a second. <laughs> okay, good. In 1835, Justice von Liebig, a German chemist, developed the silvered glass mirror where a thin layer of metallic silver is put onto glass by the chemical reduction of silver nitrate. The invention of this process enabled mirrors to be manufactured on a much larger scale, and for the first time in history, ordinary people like you or I could buy a mirror. Modern mirrors use aluminum rather than silver. The aluminum is applied via vacuum and will bond directly to cooled glass. Aluminum can oxidize, but a protective layer such as paint can be applied to prevent oxidation. Aluminum actually has the highest level of reflection out of any other metal in the ultraviolet and infrared spectral ranges. So there's a little about the history of mirrors. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Again, it's just weird to me that we take it so for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like some some museums have like mirrors on display, you know, mm. because they're famous mirrors and yeah. stuff. And it's just something that I never thought about. The mirror we have in our living room, we found it at an antique store a long time ago. It's a beveled mirror. It's really pretty. Yeah, that's uh, like, it, it's going to come up in here, but people say like, don't buy mirrors from thrift stores mm. because if there is any kind of energy in a mirror, I mean, you don't know what happened yeah. in front of that mirror. Yeah. Which is weird when you think about it. But yeah. <laughs> Crystal's, Crystal's, <laughs> Crystal's like deep in thought. Now it's like, I have a couple mirrors <laughs> from antique or thrift stores. So uh, superstition number 10, breaking a mirror, as you just mentioned. Yep. Probably the most popular of all the mirror superstitions, many people believe that breaking a mirror will lead to seven years bad luck. The superstition comes from the ancient Romans who believe that human life renews itself every seven years. They saw the number seven show up a lot of times in nature and elsewhere, so they thought it was a divine number. The Romans believed that a mirror reflected a person's soul, but that the gods also used these images from the mirror to see a person's inner identity. A broken mirror shut down this portal so the gods would punish whoever destroyed that portal. So when a person broke a mirror, it was as if they were breaking that cycle of their life and it couldn't be repaired until that cycle finished and renewed naturally. Hmm. If you do happen to break a mirror, superstition says you can do one of these three things. You can leave the broken mirror undisturbed for a few hours and then take every last bit of the mirror and bury it outside in the moonlight. You can throw salt over your left shoulder into the devil's eyes, or you can take a single piece of the mirror and touch it to a tombstone, which has an immediate effect. Wow. I never knew that. Okay. So if you break a mirror, take a piece to the nearest cemetery and touch a tombstone, you should be okay. I knew throwing salt over your shoulder was good luck. I didn't know it was in relation to breaking yeah. a mirror. Yep, that showed up in here. The next one, if you don't see your reflection when you look into a mirror, you are you are a demonic creature like a vampire or a witch. Witches are not demonic no, necessarily. No, they're not. This again goes back to the idea that mirrors reflect your soul. If you don't have a soul, nothing is going to show up. Hmm. So if you look in a mirror and your reflection's not there... I definitely have a reflection. Yeah, I do too. Feel good about that. You're you're a demon if you don't. The next one. At midnight on Halloween night, if you peel an apple in one long continuous strip in front of a mirror and then toss the peel over your left shoulder with your right stuff up. (laughs) If you if you peel an apple in one long continuous strip in front of a mirror and then toss the peel over your left shoulder with your right hand, your future husband will be revealed to you in the mirror. Oh my goodness. Another version of this says that the woman should sit in front of a mirror with a candle and an apple. 
Start by cutting the apple into nine slices. Eat eighth of them and throw the final slice at the mirror. According to the myth, the image of your future husband will appear in the mirror and catch the final slice. Okay. So Krista's going to try that tonight. Yeah, uh, well, I'm already married. Oh, yeah, that's right. So... That's right. <laughs> and if Jim shows up, I guess I'm, you know, if he shows up and catches that final 10, slice, yeah. Yeah, if he catches that final slice. The next one. So bizarre. If a newlywed couple stands in front of a mirror shortly after becoming man and wife, their souls unite in the spirit world, creating a bond that is stronger than this world and one that will last after death. I love how after you're married, the man gets to stay a man, but the woman is not the wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just pointing that out. <laughs> That's very good. Very good point. The next one. In order to have a ben- bedroom that follows the principles of feng shui. Feng shui? Mm-hmm. I you, think it's feng shui. I think it's feng shui, too. Uh, you better not have I a mirror. I do have a mirror in my bedroom. Okay, yeah, you, I'm listening. In order to have a bedroom that follows the principles of feng shui, you better not have a mirror that faces your bed. I do not. This is because of the belief that your body and spirit go through a repairing process while you sleep, and it would be damaging uh, during your sleep to have the negative energy your body is releasing reflected back at you. Mm. But the more paranormal belief that follows mm. this idea says that spirits trapped or resting in your mirror will be able to steal your soul through the mirror, and there's no better time for them to do this than in the dark when you are sleeping and unprotected. Well, I don't sleep much, so I feel like I'm <laughs> okay, good. So you're good. Also along these lines is that in some cultures, like the Jewish culture, it's very commonplace to cover all the mirrors in a home after the death of a loved one. Mm. Once someone has passed away, their soul is released from the body and it starts to roam. Legend says that if a soul encounters a mirror before their body is buried, typically within the first three days of their death, their soul become trapped in the mirror. Wow. Yeah. This That's is actually said, interesting. Yeah. This is said to cause mirrors to tarnish or even turn into an image of the deceased. Mm. If you had ever heard of a person who believes they saw a face in an old mirror at some point, those of the Jewish faith would say that this is a trapped soul. Along these lines, a candle burning in front of a mirror from midnight till 3 a.m. is an invitation for demons to enter through the mirror. Hmm. Also along the feng, the feng shui, feng shui, I never know how to pronounce that. This one kind of goes both ways. Some people say that you should definitely not have a mirror facing your front door because any good energy that is going to come into your home will bounce off the mirror and not come inside. Same for bad energy. But other people put mirrored surfaces above the door of their house so that any evil energy coming to the house will bounce off the mirror. Hmm. So I don't know. That one kind of goes both ways. I don't have one facing my door. The next one. safe so far. The next one, if a mirror falls off the wall, it is a sign that someone will die soon. Well, I'm assuming geez. it's someone you know because somebody's going to die soon. Or whoever hung that mirror yeah. should not be doing any decorating. The next one, sleeping with a mirror under your pillow will make you dream of future events or your true love. Huh. Never slept with a mirror under my nope. pillow. No, nope. I feel like that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> For the second last one, all I have is mirrors facing each other, bad. <laughs> so so many people this is such a big thing that people yeah. think that two mirrors facing each other you know every i think we did this when we were kids where you would hold one mirror up in front of another oh, mirror and so then you cool. would see that infinite portal yeah you would see like that infinite doorway it's so cool uh but that's apparently very bad oh so we were cursing not, ourselves as kids try not to do that inviting the demons in. pretty much inviting the demons in hmm. but mirrors creep me out mirrors have always creeped me out hmm. you know and I actually love mirrors. Is that weird? That is weird. Hmm. Like, I I don't like them. They there's something 
scary about them to me. It's almost like the... I just want to clarify, I'm not vain. <laughs> That's not why I love <laughs> Whatever. mirrors. She's got a mirror down here on each wall where she's always looking at herself. And Smiling the, While and I'm talking, she's always like, like, fluffing her hair in the mirror. Oh my gosh. No, I just think mirrors are pretty, I guess. I don't know. They've always been... Hmm. It's like the old... It's like the old... 80s when you had just static on your tv screen yeah like that that freaky i don't know i don't like mirrors i do have this weird fear of like seeing something behind me in the mirror yeah we're Especially gonna get to that, we're gonna get to some of these because i have a couple stories you from reddit talk about bloody mary uh, yes okay good yeah speaking of which the next <laughs> section uh there's a lot of weird games and rituals involving mirrors mm-hmm. i actually have five of them here okay uh, the last one is a big nope. Okay. The last one is a big nope. I got most of these from, uh, oh, maybe before we get to the games. Yeah, before we get to the games, let's talk about scrying. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope we talk about yep. scrying. Yeah. I'm gonna, I was I've gonna never do the done games. it. I was going to do the games first. You want to try scrying, Kurt? No. No. Oh, my God, no. I don't want to do any, nothing with a mirror. Like, mirrors are right there with, with old phone lines that nobody is yeah. on for me as far as freaks me out so let's talk about it's also sort of like using a ouija board if you it ask is me. it is so let's talk about scrying before okay. we jump into the games so this comes from the mirror world blog quote mirrors have long been associated with magical rites and rituals this stems back from as long ago as the ancient greek times one of the foremost uses of mirrors in magic has been for divination the art of fortune telling and predicting the future and it's weird because like tarot cards don't freak me out Mm-mm. i think it depends but there's on something how you uh, there's something them, they have, like the mirror stuff freaks me out yeah in ancient greek times this was known as either katroptomancy or anoptromancy okay. and involved the magician who practiced the art of dangling a mirror on a thread until its lower edge touched the surface of water then by looking into the mass of reflections caused by the mirror and water reflecting off of each other, the future could be told. Another of the many magical practices that mirrors have been used for across the years and cultures is that of scrying. Scrying is one of the oldest types of divination in recorded history. First appearing in China in 3000 BC, then later in Egypt around 2500 BC and Greece around 2000 BC. In ancient Rome, there were actually special diviners known as the blindfolded boys who were known to gaze into mirrors to see the future. Hmm. That's weird. Mm -hmm. So scrying is focusing on an object in an attempt to see visions that show you the future or whatever you're asking for. This is kind of where the classic idea of a crystal ball, like, you know, when you go to the carnival and somebody's got a crystal ball and they're looking into the crystal ball, that's kind of, that's scrying. Mm Mm-hmm. But mirrors were also used for scrying, as were other things like glass, surfaces of water, etc. The word scrying comes from the English word descry, which means, quote, to make out dimly or to reveal. There have been multitudes of uses for scrying mirrors throughout history, most commonly to see the future or past, or to find lost objects or people. Maybe from all my stuff I'm losing, I should start scrying, bring a scrying mirror to school there and you go. ask where it is. And it's been used to track down criminals. Or other purposes if you wanted to know something about somebody. Well, I've seen it used in investigations. Yeah, it could be used in investigations. Mm -hmm. Some believe an alternate use for scrying mirrors made from obsidian is to view yourself in parallel lives or past lives. By standing in a darkened room with a candle, 
below your face after staring into the mirror for a while you will see your features repeatedly change well that's creepy one person who was well known for scrying with a mirror was john d from an, john d d e e oh, not, okay. not like mike d from the beastie boys but john d <laughs> okay from an august 17th 2022 LiveScience.com article called quote spirit mirror used by 16th century occultist john d came from the aztec empire the article says the 16th century courtier john d a scientific advisor to england's queen elizabeth i was also deeply involved in magic and the occult and he tried to communicate with ghosts using a so-called spirit mirror made of polished obsidian though d was a scientist and mathematician his interests also swung towards the magical and mystical and in addition to his spirit mirror, he owned other objects related to astrology, divination, alchemy, and the exploration of demonic magic. Stay away from demonic magic. That just does not sound good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound good. D claimed that one of these objects, a purple crystal on a chain, was given to him by the archangel Uriel, along with instructions for making a philosopher's stone, the mythical alchemical marvel that promised the gift of eternal life and the ability to turn base metals into gold. D also possessed something called a clawed glass, a black glass mirror kept in a sharkskin case, which he used for peering into the future. D's obsidian, I wish I would, I was here, I wish I would have seen this, D's obsidian mirror is now in the collection of the British Museum in London. It's polished on both sides and is nearly perfectly circular, measuring about 7.2 inches in diameter and about 0.5 inches thick and weighing about 31 ounces. A perforated square tab at the top of the mirror measures about 1.3 inches and it may have served as a handle. Inscriptions on notes that are stored with a mirror refer to it as quote, the devil's looking glass, and, quote, the black stone into which Dr. D used to call his spirits, according to the British Museum. At the dawn of the 16th century, obsidian mirrors were crafted by Aztec people, and it had a specific cultural context with a set of very specific cultural meanings in the Aztec Empire. When colonizers brought those mirrors to Europe, they also transplanted the idea that mirrors could be used to peer into the future or contact other worlds. Author Stuart Campbell, a professor of Near Eastern Archaeology at the University of Manchester in the UK, said that after John Dee acquired his mirror and began using it for magical rituals, quote, it gained a whole new life and a whole new set of meanings, and it's continued to acquire those. So it now sits in the British Museum as an occult artifact. It's got its own biography and its own impact in the world. I think because of that, it's a particularly fascinating object. And Dee worked a lot with Edward Kelly, who was also a famous scryer and occultist back in, in those days. But but Dee is like an interesting guy, like when I was looking up stuff about John Dee. But I'd love to have seen his mirror when yeah. I was at the British Museum, like Dang. his scrying mirror. Another one of the most well-known scryers was, who do you think? Who's famous for fortune, like telling, like predicting the future? Oh, Nostradamus? Yep. Okay. Another one of the most well-known scryers was Nostradamus. Nostradamus was a French astrologer, apothecary, physician, and reputed seer from the early to mid-1500s. By most accounts, he used a bowl of water to do his scrying, but some sources say that he may have also used a scrying mirror. I want to do an episode about Nostradamus. I actually just bought a oh, book. that's a good like idea. An old, old uh, paperback book 
talking about all his verses and what they all mean. So yeah, I want to do an episode about Nostradamus at some point. Cool. I kind of think it's not what it's cracked up to be. Sure. I think it's a lot of people reading stuff into it, Mm -hmm. but I still think it's fascinating. A lot of it's probably just him making common sense observations. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. So, as mentioned with John D., scrying mirrors are darker than regular mirrors and are usually made from obsidian or black obsidian. You can buy them all over the web. I mean, I was looking them up. We could buy one for the studio if you want a scrying mirror for the studio. You're thinking about it. You're not, you don't, you didn't immediately, you didn't immediately nope that. Like, no, I'm not like, noping it. Huh. That surprises me. I know, this is my basement. <laughs> yeah. From an October 21st, 2022 article on the Almanac Supply Company website called, quote, How to Use a Scrying Mirror, the article says, Before we can dive into what a scrying mirror is and how to use it, you must first understand the nature of obsidian itself. Mysterious and powerful, this volcanic glass forms when molten lava is quickly chilled upon making contact with cooler air or water. Since it does not have a stable crystal structure, it is not technically a crystal, but it is still included in many crystal collections due to its palpable energy. I, I do see it at the crystal shop when I go buy crystals. Oh, really? Obsidian is brittle and can be easily broken and shaped into tools or weapons with razor-sharp edges, which is what exactly, which is what human, like early human civilizations did. I that's feel like how they... a scrying mirror that's easily broken is just a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. Broken mirror is bad luck, people. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> a scrying mirror. Exactly. Like, I did not know until I, I think it was actually when I first listened to the, the Haunted Objects podcast that scrying mirrors were dark. They were mm-hmm. not mirror mirrors mm-hmm. like we think of mirrors. I think you can use a mirror mirror, but. <laughs> I think you can too. What you do is you tilt it so that all you can see you're not looking at yourself. It's just creepy. Like I just don't like that. I if just you do I it in yeah, if you do it in a dark room and you tilt it sort of towards the floor so all you can see is sort of darkness, it can be used as a scrying mirror. It's creepy. Yeah, I know Dana does scrying. Like if you, like I would not want a scrying mirror in my house. Yeah. You're you're cool with having one I down know. here. I'm, I I don't know. I again I think everything is how you use it. Evidence found in South Africa indicates that obsidian has been in use for nearly 2 million years before Homo sapiens or modern humans existed. It is named for the Roman emperor Obsidius, who, quote, discovered it less than 2,000 years ago. So I'm guessing he didn't really discover it. He's just taken the the claim for it. Obsidian had another very special use besides tool making. Many civilizations use it as a mirror, one of the first of its kind. It was especially important to ancient Mayan and Aztec peoples, and they used black mirrors and tools in many of their spiritual rituals. Tezcatlipoca, an Aztec deity whose name means smoking mirror, was often depicted with an obsidian either in his headdress or on his chest, or in place of its right foot as if it were an extension of his leg. Weird. It's possible that obsidian was. <laughs> it's, it's possible that obsidian was first used as a scrying mirror during these very rituals. Obsidian is associated with the root chakra and is an excellent stone to use for grounding yourself whenever you're feeling disconnected from the earth or reality. It's a stone of protection and is said to protect against negative energies by absorbing them and blocking any negative vibes that might be lurking nearby. Like I love crystals. Like I go to the crystal shop a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I've, you know, I think I've talked about this on here. Like I give them to my students, and they're like, "Well, do you think they're magical?" And I said, "I don't think they're magical, but the fact that somebody gave it to me mm. makes it mean something mm-hmm. good." You know, I don't think. That do you it, believe they can be charged with energy? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence about. that Yeah, stuff. I'm totally on the fence about it. But the fact, like, uh, 
you know, the fact it's more that the symbolism of it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, listeners have sent me crystals, yeah. which means a lot to me because it yeah. came from somebody that cares about me. And yeah. I think that's where for that's, you, that's where it lies. That's where the, yeah. the magic lies mm-hmm. is that somebody cared o- enough about me to send this to me. To mm-hmm. me, that's the magic. Um, it is a stone of protection and it is said to protect against negative energies by absorbing them and blocking any negative vibes that might be lurking nearby. Additionally, obsidian is a stone many turn to when they feel they are lacking clarity and want to get to the truth of a task. In the simplest terms, scrying is peering into the surface of an object, usually one imbued with mystical energy, to see images or symbols that you then interpret meaning from. Traditionally, scrying is depicted as a form of fortune-telling, a way to peer beyond the present into the future and see what lies ahead. Recently, a more modern school of thought has taken hold of, and many people now view scrying as a tool of self-reflection, much like tarot cards. I am personally inclined to agree with the latter. So instead of seeing future riches or doom, you're more likely to gain a new perspective on someone or something by peering into the depth, depths of Obsidian's reflective surface and yourself. Under this school of thought, it could be said that the symbols and images you see are actually manifested by you as you struggle to resonate your understanding between your consciousness and unconsciousness. I like that. I like that idea that you're the same with the tarot cards. Like it's it's you that are like interpreting what the cards say. Like it's coming from you, not from the spirit world, but it's just like you getting a glimpse of yourself and 100%. what you really want to, what to That's happen. That's how I use tarot cards. Mm. I think a lot of people do use it as, okay, universe or spirit, give me messages to the cards. Yeah. I, I don't use it that way. Cause yeah. to me, it's the same thing as a Ouija board then. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm using my own inner You're tuition, using your own energies to my own perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's totally internal for me. Hmm. That's why I don't consider it dangerous for myself because of the way I use them. That's interesting. I think a Ouija board could be used the same way. Yeah. No, yeah, that's... But to me, the Ouija board is always an outside external spirit. I just never thought of... You could I guess use it You the could, same but way. I just... I, I never thought of using a Ouija board as an internal focusing... You could use a scrying mirror as an internal focusing tool True. as well. What's, that, what's the name of that show that's on... Is it Netflix? Is it Black Mirror? Dark Mirror? I've never watched that. It's good. Is it? Yeah. I think it's Black Mirror. Yeah, I think it is Black Mirror. But I, but it's cool because it's like it's it's isn't it all it's short like a, stories? Yeah, it's like a it's like a dark reflection of what could happen with us with technology. So it's kind of a cool name. Mm. You should watch it. I mean, there's some there's some really there's like the first episode is just horrible. Is that the one? I think that's the only one. Does it have to do with pigs? Yeah, that's the only one that's, I watched. But and I was none like, of the, nope. no, none of the rest so like, are like that. If I made it past that yes, episode, I'd just, like it. Like okay, the, like, like the sex with the pig episode is yeah, like I was it's like, just what like the heck? that is don't like just go from there. But then it goes into like oh. like the idea ideas of how technology can be warped and you should watch bandersnatch because bandersnatch is cool because that's one where is that an episode yeah okay but you're watching the episode and it's like a choose your own adventure where you press the button on your remote to determine what the character is going to do it was fun it was really cool yeah like you determine what they do in in any given scene there's so many things i haven't been able to watch because my mom is here yeah like scary stuff like my viking violent stuff she (laughs) she tells me to watch what i want and then when i turn it on she's like oh my god it's so violent so i have saved up a lot of stuff that i want to watch and i'll i'll have to check that out because i think even jim would like that it's like a twilight zone but you know it can be it's like on netflix so it's obviously can be nudity or or swearing or stuff but i remember really liking the episode 
I remember bikes, like stationary bikes, and they were getting merits for something. Mm-hmm. And it was like in the, it was like in the in future where like if you broke law or something, you would get demerits and you would get rewarded merits. And I, it was a really good episode, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was about. Mm-hmm. But you would like it. And there's ones okay. about virtual reality, like when your loved one dies, you get like a virtual companion of them, and not like of course that goes askew. Yeah, you know. But well, it's, that was it's, bad it's, choice of them to make that other episode the first one because it I was, was so because that episode that. is like so not. It was it's horrible. It's horrible. But everybody I talked to told me, get through the first episode. The other ones are not like okay. that. And the other ones are very well, but Bandersnatch you would like. Okay, how to scry with a black mirror. It's widely believed that it's best to scry at night as the practice is closely tied to the energy of the moon. Plus, a calm, dark night is perfect for focusing as there are fewer distractions around. Whether you are inside or outside, it's best to find a dark, quiet place with as little light as possible. Make sure you have your scrying mirror, candle, and if you'd like to write about your experience, a journal and a pen. Light your candle and some incense, if that's your thing, and place it out of your direct line of sight. It is. It is is your thing. (laughs) And place it out of your direct line of sight, but where it is still visible on the surface of the black mirror. Some prefer to place the candle immediately in front of the mirror and even stare directly into the candle flame. Try different places and arrangements to see what you like best. Next, settle into a comfortable seated position and begin to focus on your breath with your eyes closed or open in and out in and out each time try to breathe more slowly deeply filling and emptying your lungs let the thoughts of your day and to-do list drift away i wish i could do that it's like meditating yep you may at this point begin to feel a sense of calm and relaxation that indicates you are entering a more trance-like state now it is time to focus your gaze upon the obsidian scrying mirror if your eyes were closed slowly open them if they were already open shift your gaze to the inky black surface Maintain a soft gaze that allows the mirror to remain just slightly out of focus. Keep an open mind and make a mental note of whatever ideas, flashes of inspiration, or objects come up for you. It is okay to not understand them in the moment. You can revisit them later. When you're first starting out to try to ma- when you're first starting out, try to maintain this state for at least 15 minutes. Dang. As you grow more comfortable, you can... That would be hard for me. (laughs) Yeah. It would be impossible for me. As you grow more comfortable, you can scry for longer periods, which may allow you to reach further inside yourself and to gain greater insights. When you're ready, you may end your scrying session. There are no rules or guidelines about how you may choose to end your session. I personally like to just close my eyes and say, it is done, before blowing out the candle and slowly beginning to move out of my seated position. Be careful when getting up or moving around afterward to avoid tripping in the dark or feeling lightheaded. If you brought your journal and a writing tool, write down what you saw or any random thoughts that came to your mind during your scrying session. It's best to write these things down while your thoughts are still fresh. It amazes me, as an aside, like my Taylor Swift dream last night. She like came to my house for something. But it's so weird to me how when I wake up, it's such a vivid mm-hmm. memory. But then as the day goes on, I start to forget like my you can't dream, remember details which anymore. Which is weird. It's mm-hmm. just so weird to me that you don't retain that I agree. Clear memory like you did upon waking. But yeah, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift came to visit me in my dream last night. So that's pretty cool. Duh. I like Taylor Swift. If you're feeling a bit skeptical of the magical aspects of working with crystals and scrying, there are several very non-magical benefits of practicing self-reflection. Self-reflection leads to a greater sense of self-awareness. It does. And I wish I wish I could do that. I wish I could meditate. I wish I could practice uh what's it called where you're living in the moment. Like mindfulness. Mindfulness. See, mm-hmm. I told you I'm forgetting stuff. Mindfulness. Like I wish I could do that. I'm trying to, 
but I just suck at it because my mind is just like a a, a rat on a treadmill and it just won't stop. Mine's running. a big bag of weird. There's always something crazy <laughs> going on up there. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. A heightened sense of self-awareness makes it easier to make decisions, allows you to communicate more clearly and honestly. It can lead to less stress and anxiety, improve your sleep, and strengthen your relationship with others. So if you haven't found any other means of introspection helpful, it can hurt to try one that falls a little outside of your comfort zone. Remember, scrying is a tool, and humans wouldn't have reached a state of modern civilization without tools. So that's scrying. Scrying is basically looking at a reflective surface, opening your mind, and concentrating. Another kind of ritual involved with mirrors are games, challenges, or rituals, which Krista is apparently very excited about. I'm excited about Bloody Mary. Have you ever played Bloody Mary? No. I have. Have you? As a kid, but it was back when I didn't really believe in any of that. I played with Ouija boards too, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's before I knew better, let's put it that way, or... I picked five interesting ones, but the last one is like a... Big nope? You could not pay me enough. Um, Okay. So, or could you? No. Well, you could. You could. Seriously. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a I'm side so, session. I'm so broke that we should try that. I mean, that would be interesting. Once you hear it, you might not want to try okay. it. Okay. Well, let me let me hear before I okay. commit to anything. Maybe maybe listen to these, and then if you want to do one of these as a side session, I would be totally down That'd for this. Be a fun idea. It actually. would be a fun idea. So these five come from the unbelievably awesome site, The Ghost in My Machine, Stories of the Strange and Unusual. I mentioned that way back in like episode one or two. Like I love this blog, this girl's blog called The Ghost in My Machine. Okay. She talks all about... I think it sounds familiar. Yeah. And she doesn't want people to steal stuff from her site. So she made it so you couldn't copy and paste stuff. But uh, so I'm giving her 100% credit for this. This is all her. It's an amazing site. She has a... one of the one of the columns I was looking at is phone numbers, like mysterious phone numbers you can call. Mm-hmm. Like people say they call these numbers and they just hear someone like giggling at them or something, and then they start getting calls back. Krista's like noping that one, Heck but no. it's like about it's it's oh about God. it's about a lot of the stuff we talk about. Yeah. But, but she like kind of specializes in like the weird games and weird. You could probably get a lot of episode ideas on that that yeah. blog. Yeah, I mm. I reference her a lot actually throughout the episodes because I go to her blog quite a bit. Cool. So these five are directly from hers. We should try calling some of those numbers for an episode. We should. Some of them, Let's get a she, burner she phone maintains <laughs> which ones aren't active anymore okay. and which ones are. We'd have to get a burner phone. I'm not using my phone for that. This first one is called the Dark Reflection Ritual, but I also call it, it's, to me, it's the uh, Final Destination Ritual. Okay. One person can do it, but a group is suggested, needed, a mirror. It can be of any type or shape. Its only necessary quality is that it is a mirror you are willing to break. A candle is needed and matches or a lighter. Act one. She's got these like split up by okay. acts. Act one. Begin after sunset, but no less than six hours until dawn. Take up your mirror and look at your reflection. Oop. Take up your mirror and look your reflection in the eye for three to five seconds, focusing your attention on the negative energy held within the mirror. Then hold the glass up to your face and anoint it with your breath. That is, breathe onto it so that the mirror fogs up. Repeat this step for as many players as there are in the group, with each player performing the step in its entirety once. After all players have successfully anointed the mirror with their breath, light the candle with your matches or lighter and hold it to the mirror's surface. Once a candle has blackened a small portion of the glass, remove the candle and extinguish it. Break the mirror, releasing the negative energy. Leave the pieces of broken mirror where they are and evacuate the area immediately. Act 2. 
bad luck will then proceed to follow you throughout the night. Why would you Inci- do this? <laughs> incidents will likely begin small, but will grow in severity as the evening wears on. Your survival is dependent on your state of alertness. There are no rules to follow or actions to perform that will guarantee your safety. The only pieces of advice which may be given are the following. Stay vigilant, and should you find yourself in a particularly threatening situation, hold your breath for as long as you can. Should you survive the night unscathed, your luck will perform an abrupt about-face with the arrival of the first light of dawn. Your bad luck will end, and immediately a streak of very good luck will begin. People will be nicer to you, success will come easily, and if you're the gambling type, it's recommended that you buy a lottery ticket. Although the only necessary quality for the mirror to possess is that it be one you are willing to break, other qualities may also be worth considering. For example, how old is the mirror? Both the risk and the reward of this ritual depend on how old the mirror is. An older mirror which has seen many gazes will hold more negative energy. Accordingly, the strength and duration of your good luck during and after Act 3 will be greater. However, the danger during Act 2 will be greater as well, so proceed with caution. Do you have a personal connection to the mirror? A mirror which has a personal connection to you, one into which you have looked frequently prior to the commencement of the ritual, like one from your bedroom or bathroom, will tailor your good fortune to your likes, dislikes, and desires. There is no specific location in which this ritual is best performed. However, it is not recommended that it be conducted at your place of residence. So we're not going to do it here. Nope. It is much easier to run away from negative energy if you haven't gone and released it within the walls of your own home. Although this, although this ritual may be performed by only one person, it's best conducted by a group. The reason for this goes back to the idea of there being strength in numbers. If only one person performs the ritual, the negative energy released during Act 1 will only have that one person to follow. The more players there are, the thinner the negative energy will have to spread itself as it tracks you down. Anointing the mirror with your breath in Act 1 connects the negative energy within the mirror to you. Holding your breath in the face of the bad luck following you during Act 2 will not prevent it from reaching you entirely, but it will buy you a few moments to get out of a dangerous situation if needed. You must begin the ritual during the window of time indicated in the instructions. Beginning too close to dawn will not allow the negative energy brought forth from the mirror to fully manifest before the light of the sun purifies it. And more dangerously, beginning during the day allows a negative energy released by the ritual more time to dog your steps. It is not the light of day that will purify the energy. It is specifically the light of dawn. One final note. There is no way to halt this ritual once it has begun. Do not start it unless you plan on finishing it. So there you go. Let's not try that Okay, one. <laughs> that's that's probably the... That's probably I wonder the, how much of that is just the power of suggestion. That's probably the least scary of these. So oh, great. I'm, okay. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking you're not going to want to do the last. I mean, it is kind of the power of suggestion, mm-hmm. but... It, like I said, it's like Final Destination where all of a sudden you know you're going to have all this bad stuff happen right. to you. But if you make it through that bad stuff, once the light of dawn comes, your fortune will like completely Improve. flip around. So I mean, part, of me, like, part of me would like to try this. Yeah. It's but. like the idea, the idea of taking someone to a, an old house and telling them it's haunted. And now they hear noises. Whereas oh, yeah. if you hadn't said that. No, if you said this was like my grandfather's home. House. It's like one of my favorite places. Yeah. I love it. It's like a whole different atmosphere. Totally. Number four, this one I'm not doing. The triple mirror game. Players, one person. Requirements, three large mirrors. The mirrors should be capable of standing up on their own. You also need three sheets or large measures of cloth. They should be large enough to cover each mirror. You also need a white candle, matches or a lighter, salt, lots of salt, 
in a quiet, dark room in which to play. The room must have at least one door. You begin it at night. Turn out the lights in as much of the building in which your playing space is located as possible. At the very least, ensure that the area immediately surrounding the door to your playing space, the hallway, any surrounding rooms, etc. is dark. Gather your supplies and take them to the quiet room. Do not close the door. Keep it open. Shut the curtains in the room or otherwise block any windows so that no light comes in from the outside. Lay a line of salt across all thresholds in the room, doorways, windowsills, etc. Arrange the mirrors in front of the door so that the image of the door reflects from the first mirror into the second one and from the second mirror into the third one. They actually have a... a she oh, has see, a, I need a diagram. Yeah, she this. actually does have a diagram <laughs> okay. on there of how to position the mirrors and angle them so that... Like, like like the first mirror reflects the door. The second mirror reflects the first mirror reflecting the door. Okay. The third mirror reflects the second mirror reflecting the first mirror reflecting the door. Sure. Place the candle in front of the door between all three mirrors. Turn out the lights. Using the matches or lighter, light the candle. It will be necessary to step into the center of the arrangement of three mirrors to do so. Once the candle is so lit... <laughs> You're lighting the candle after you've turned out the lights and it's pitch dark in the room. Pretty much. It just feels dangerous. <laughs> Once the candle is lit, step back outside the mirror arrangement as quickly as possible. Remaining inside the room, but outside the arrangement of mirrors, and it shows you where to place yourself. I think I'd use one of those long yeah. lighters. <laughs> yeah. I'm not stepping in yeah. there. It shows you where to place yourself on the diagram. Uh, remaining inside the room, but outside the arrangement of mirrors, position yourself such that you are able to see into the third mirror without being reflected in either of the other two mirrors. Direct your gaze into the third mirror that looks on the doorway. Look closely. Closer still. What do you see? You might be able to see things entering through the doorway or beings walking past the doorway. Krista's shaking her head. Krista's like, nope. <laughs> nope. Make note, but do not look for too long. When you are ready to end the game, avert your gaze from the third mirror. Gather up the three sheets, beginning with the third mirror, then progressing to the second and finally to the first. Throw one sheet over each mirror. Do not step into the center of the mirror arrangement this time to do so. Instead, travel around the outside of the mirrors, covering each mirror from behind. When all three mirrors are covered, you can then step into the center of the mirror arrangement and blow out the candle. Remove yourself from the center of the mirror arrangement, though, as quickly as possible. Turn on the lights. Keeping the mirrors covered, dismantle the arrangement and place each mirror so that they are facing a wall. Position them as close to the wall as possible. Leave the mirrors in this position for at least 72 hours. Do not enter the room during that time. After at least 72 hours have passed, remove the mirrors from the premises. Take them somewhere safe for storage. Once they've been taken away from the playing space, you may remove the sheets. It's recommended that you throw salt on the surface of each mirror. Keep the mirrors safe and never again use them for their original purpose. So did you trap something in the mirrors and now know. you're removing it from your house? Additional notes. It is not necessary to begin the game at a specific time. The only requirement is that it's nighttime when you begin. However, you will likely achieve your best results at specific and notable times such as midnight, 3.33 a.m., etc., Above all else, do not make prolonged eye contact with anything you see in the mirror. <laughs> do not make eye contact with anything you see at all if you can help it. That's not a problem okay, with that's me. A, yeah, you don't need <laughs> when to storing the mirrors, it's recommended that you separate them, taking them to different locations as far away from each other as possible. When they've been taken there, you can remove the sheets and close the window. Close the window that the whatever was coming through. You may use the mirrors per to perform the game a second time, but it is not recommended that you perform it in the same place as you did the first time. And again, do not use these mirrors for their original purpose, such as examining your own appearance, etc. 
Do not break the mirrors. Do not allow them to break while playing or while storing them afterwards. If the mirrors break, you might let them out. And that's something you absolutely do not want to happen ever. So there you go. I don't, I don't like the idea of reflections of reflections of reflections. Because no. if I saw something walk through that doorway or walk past that I'd doorway. I'd have to sell my house immediately. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> With the mirrors inside. Yeah. That is. Sorry, next door. That is the triple mirror game. Okay. Nope. That's Chris's nope in that one. Nope. I'd do the first one before I'd do that one. Number three is actually kind of a popular one because I've come across this several times. It's called Three Kings. So you need one person to do it and one partner. The partners in case things go sideways. Oh. Note, both the person doing it and the partner should be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually stable. I, can I just <laughs> say that disclaimer applies to all of these? Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Do not attempt it. Don't, don't try this at home, people. Like, seriously, don't do these and like let me know what happens because this creeps me out. Yeah. Like, I don't like mirror stuff. Like, tell your friend, have them report back. Sure. <laughs> Do not attempt if either of you have serious issues in your life. That, that leaves you and me out. Yeah. <laughs> Do not attempt if either of you have consumed drugs or alcohol within the last three to five days. Requirements. One large, quiet, empty room, a basement, or cellar is ideal. So we could do this one down here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A pack of candles, a lighter, an electric fan, two large mirrors, three chairs, an alarm clock, Fully charged mobile phones for both principal and partner, a place to sleep, and a I, small object of sentimental value. I have all of those yes, things. Yes, you do. Okay. So the prelude. Begin at 11 o'clock p.m. So that's going to be an issue for me. Oh, boy. Kurt's already out. Do not, begin if <laughs> do not begin if your partner is not there or has not been briefed on his or her role. Your partner should remain in your home for the entire duration of the game. If your designated room has windows, cover or block them as completely as possible prior to beginning this. Place one chair facing north in the center of your designated dark room. This chair will be your throne. Place the other two chairs on either side of your throne, facing it an arm's length away. This will be your queen's chair and your fool's chair. Place one of your two mirrors on the queen's chair and the other on the fool's chair. The mirror should be perpendicular to the chair seats and both facing each other and you. You should be able to see your own reflection in each mirror from your peripheral vision while you're seated on your throne. You should not have to turn your head. Is there a diagram for this? Because I'm already I confused. Like you're sitting here. Are the chairs right right here? next to you facing? Yes, me? and this mirror is like facing you, kind of. This one's facing you, and you can see them in your peripheral vision. Okay, I was picturing them like out here in front. It said of you, sh- you should okay. not have to turn your head or move your eyes to see the mirrors on either side of you. Okay, place the fan behind your throne. Set it to medium or low, and turn it on. Make sure it is stationary, not oscillating. You'll find out why. Leave the room, but keep the door open. Go to your chosen sleeping spot. Set the candles, lighters, alarm clock, and cell phone next to your bed. Make sure your phone is charging and set your alarm clock. You could do the sleeping part. I could totally do the sleeping (laughs) part. Make sure your phone is charging and your alarm clock at 3.30 a.m. I'd be up, so I'm good for that. It's true. Make sure your phone is charging and then set your alarm clock for 3.30 a.m. Turn the lights off. Hold your object of sentimental value, which is your power object. Climb into bed and sleep. (laughs) I don't know how well I'd sleep knowing I was going to be doing this. The main event. Wake up at 3.30 a.m. when your alarm clock goes off. Turn off the alarm, but do not turn on the light. Keep hold of your power object. Pick up your mobile phone, light one candle, and return to the dark room. You must be seated in your throne by 3.33 a.m. Warning, do not proceed if any of the following red flags occur. Your cell phone did not charge. Your alarm did not go off precisely at 3.30 a.m. 
You approach the dark room and find the door closed. You approach the dark room and find the fan turned off or you are not seated in your throne by 3.33 a.m. If any of that happens, deuces. Cut the cord. Yep, cut the cord. Should any of these incidents happen, take your partner and any other occupants and leave your home. Do not return until 6 a.m. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you do not encounter any of these red flags, you can proceed. Take to your throne, but do not look directly at any of the mirrors. Light the candle and do not let the candle go out. Hold the candle in front of you, using your body to protect the candle from the fan behind you. Keep your eyes focused at the darkness in front of you. Again, do not look at the mirrors to your side and do not look at the candle. Should you have any questions you wish to ask, you may ask them out loud now. You may or may not receive a response. If you do, your response will come from the direction of one of the two mirrors. Do not turn to look at any of the mirrors. Any answers received should be taken with a grain of salt. One of the mirrors is the queen and the other is the fool, but you will not know which is which. Also note that whatever may settle in the mirrors, you yourself are the queen or fool to them. Remain in your throne until 4.34 a.m. At 4.34 a.m., your partner should call out your name to end the game. Should this fail, your partner should call your cell phone. Should this fail, your partner should enter the room and without touching you, throw water on you to wake you up. Uh, you're <laughs> concerning s- that's fail assuming sa- you're sleeping? Cons- concerning fail-safes. Why you have the candle in front of you is that if your body suddenly starts to disappear, the fan from behind you will blow the candle flame out, casting the room into darkness. Okay. That is one of the concerns is that your body will start to disappear. Okay. So that is why you are holding the candle. Uh Uh-huh. So if your body is suddenly moved or disappears, the fan will blow out the candle, ending the game. Should you become lost or disoriented, your power object will help guide your way home. Do not ignore any of the previously noted red flags prior to seating yourself in your throne. Do not attempt to stay in your home should these red flags appear. Do not attempt if you do not completely and totally trust your partner. Good luck. Hmm. That is three kings. Okay. No? No. Okay. I, I thought worried about my body disappearing. I think this would just be... I guess this is just creepy. This one, this is this is one of the ones I would maybe, try. Maybe. I would maybe try this. I feel better knowing that somebody else is in the house with me. Yeah, the logistics are just very strict. But the idea of, of hearing a voice come from one of the mirrors to your side freaks me out. Yeah, that would creep me, me out. out. I'd be, that's pretty much the point that I would be like, nope, but I'm out. <laughs> a lot of these are popular, gaining popularity because of TikTok. Oh. Like, there's a lot of people that talk about these on TikTok, so a lot of students know about, like, Three Kings. Okay. Uh, I think one of them talked about it to me once, but it's just, yeah. Number two, what do you think number two is? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Everybody knows this one. The belief is that Mary or a spirit or a creature who lives in the mirror and is able to travel from mirror to mirror, which is way creepy, will Mm -hmm. show up if you chant her name or something. There are three methods that show up as the way to summon her. You can enter a room with a mirror, such as a bathroom, and chant the words Bloody Mary as few as three or as many as 13 times. The room may be either completely dark, illuminated by one candle, or lit by two candles placed on either side of the mirror. Or you can enter a room with a mirror lit as above and chant the words, quote, I believe in Mary Worth, again, as many as three, or as few as three or as many as 13 times. Or you can enter a room with a mirror lit as above and chant the words, quote, Bloody Mary, I stole your baby, which is creepy. Yeah. (laughs) As many or as few as three or as many as 13 times. Should this summoning ritual succeed, 
the subject may then perform that whatever comes through the mirror may perform any of the following actions. It could curse the person. It could drive the person mad. It could claw out the person's eyes and carve up their face with the, with her nails. It could pull the person into the mirror with her, or it could just outright kill the person. The creepiest one out of all that is, is getting being pulled, pulled into, into the, into the mirror. mirror. 100%. I don't want to live in mirror world. No, 100%. <laughs> It's believed that Mary that they're referring to is a woman, possibly Mary Worth, who was a woman accused of and executed for practicing black magic during the Puritan era. Or it's a woman, possibly Mary Worth, who is believed to have been disfigured and killed in a car crash during a more modern era. Or it's believed that it could possibly be Queen Mary I of England. Mm. But that's Bloody Mary. Like Everybody knows this one. Yeah, people still a lot do of people it. People have played it. People still do it. Mm-hmm. It's featured in a lot of movies as like yes. you know the thing that happens that everybody jokes about, and then later something bad happens. Yeah, isn't that but, in the ring? But also, like I totally forgot until I was just done with this episode that Candyman, the movie Candyman, mm-hmm. kind of involves a mirror too. Mm-hmm. You know, God, I haven't seen that. In I decades. haven't seen that since it first came out. But Candyman's kind of a popular mirror thing too. But Bloody Mary is the biggie. Like everybody mm-hmm. knows Bloody Mary. Did it? Did anything happen when you did this? Or no. No? Mm-mm. But again, this kind of goes, this is one of the reasons why mirrors are tied so much with the paranormal stuff is because everybody's done Bloody Mary, except me. <laughs> and finally, we get to number one, which I call the king of nopes. It is the living doll game. All the nopes that never, that ever <laughs> noped. All the nopes that ever doll. noped. So this, you use one person. Requirements. Two mirrors. These mirrors should be capable of standing upright on their own. One doll. This doll should resemble a human as closely as possible and should be made of a hard material. Porcelain. I mean, you lost me at doll. <laughs> yeah. Porcelain, plastic, wood, etc. You need, it needs like to be a, a hard. Doll like a ventriloquist work? dummy. Blah. Note, this doll will be referred to as the doll throughout the instructions in order to differentiate it from the scapegoat. So you need the doll. You the need doll. one candle. You need matches or lighter, a supply of salt, at least five spoonfuls are recommended. You need a timekeeping device. You need a scapegoat doll. It's optional, but highly recommended. This doll is referred to as the scapegoat because it's different than the original doll. And you need one strand of your own hair. It's optional, but highly recommended, but it's necessary if you're using the scapegoat doll. Well, that's easy. I shed like a dog, so. (laughs) So instructions, the invitation. Begin shortly before midnight. Clear your home of all other people and pets. Make sure you know what time the sun is going to rise. If using the scapegoat doll, begin by affixing the strand of your hair firmly to the scapegoat. You may do this in any number of ways. You can tie the hair to the doll. You can open the doll up and place the hair inside before sewing it back up, etc. But whatever method you choose, make sure that the hair will not become unattached during the course of the game. Choose a room in your home to be home base. Choose a different room to be your hiding place. Turn off all the lights in your home. Okay, it requires a hiding place? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's what we're not going to do this one. Nope, nope, nope. Choose a different room to be your hiding place. Turn off all the lights in your home except in your home base room. If using the scapegoat doll, hide it somewhere in your home. Do not hide the scapegoat doll in in the home base room or in your hiding place room. Bring the mirrors, like you must have a lot of time on your hands if you're doing this. <laughs> Bring the mirrors, the candle, the matches or lighter, salt, timekeeping device and human doll to the home base room. Turn on the lights if they aren't already on. Position the two mirrors so that they are facing each other with a small amount of space in between. 
Place the doll and the candle in the space between the two mirrors. Keep an eye on your timekeeping device. When your timekeeping device reads midnight, light the candle with the matches or lighter. Looking at the doll in front of the, between the two mirrors, repeat the following words aloud five times. Quote, I leave for you a new body. Please take it. What? And then repeat the following words aloud five times. Quote, let's play. Note, at this point, you may hear noises coming from somewhere in your house. Do not be alarmed. This indicates that the invitation Do has... Do not be alarmed. <laughs> yeah. I'm alarmed. This indicates that the invitation has succeeded. You may proceed regardless as, whether, as to whether or not you hear noises coming from your house or not. If, however, you feel any physical sensations on your body, such as tugging, pressure, light touches, etc., do not proceed. Abort the ritual immediately. The hunt. Take hold of the supply of salt. Keep it on your person at all times. Then, uh, say aloud to the doll between the two mirrors, quote, Please come and find me. If you do, I will give you my life. Turn off all the lights in the home base room and make your way as quickly and as quietly as possible to your hiding space, taking with you only the salt. Do not speak. Do not make any additional noise. Do not leave a trail to your hiding space. When you reach your hiding place, sit cross-legged on the floor with your back to the door. Scatter some salt on yourself, but do not use all of it up. You'll need more later. Now, just sit and wait. Do not make any noise. You will begin to hear sounds coming from the other rooms, quietly at first, but slowly getting louder. No matter what, do not turn and look at the door. Do not let the doll find you. Uh, no. <laughs> when you are ready, that's what you're hearing is the doll looking for no. you. No. When you are ready to end the game, return to the home base room. Move swiftly, very swiftly, and move quietly. Do not speak. Make as little noise as possible. Do not do anything that would allow the doll to find you. When you make your way back to the room, stand before the candle and repeat the following words five times. Quote, you lose. The game is over now. Extinguish the candle and scatter salt on yourself. Find the doll. Note, it may not be where you left it, which is such a creepy idea. When you find it, scatter salt on it. If using the scapegoat, find the scapegoat and scatter salt on it as well. The scapegoat is the belief that the doll is going to find, that find the scapegoat first. Sure. And do what to it? I don't know. Turn on all the lights in your home. Create as bright, cheerful, and pleasant an atmosphere as possible by whatever means you most prefer. Play upbeat music, watch a funny television show or movie, read a book or magazine you like, engage in a favorite hobby. Maintain this happy atmosphere for at least an hour and at least until the sun has come up. Within three days of finishing the game, make sure you perform the following actions. Destroy the mirrors and dispose of them in two different places as far away from each other as possible. Remove the hair from the scapegoat. Burn the hair and destroy and dispose of the scapegoat. Bring the, doll, bring the doll to a shrine. If you are unable to do this, destroy the doll and dispose of the doll instead. And lastly, be careful in the dark from here on out. <laughs> Additional notes. No bystanders may be present when playing this game. It is also not recommended that pets be allowed to remain in the house during the game's duration. The human doll cannot be made of a soft material. Do not use a plush doll. Use like a porcelain doll or a ventriloquist dummy. So like Ernie wouldn't work? No. No? Dang. The scapegoat doll may be made of soft material, although well, it's recommended. Be the scapegoat. Huh? He, he could be the scapegoat. scapegoat. Okay. Although it is not, although it is not recommended that it be similar or identical to the human doll. When hiding the scapegoat doll, don't make it too easy to find, but don't make it too hard to find either. It's just a decoy. It cannot do its job if it's hidden. If it becomes necessary to abort the ritual, scatter salt on the mirrors, the doll, and the scapegoat. Destroy the mirrors and dispose of them. Destroy the doll. Destroy the scapegoat. 
Some good news, even if the doll finds the room you are in, it may not notice you unless you make too much noise. It is of the utmost importance that you remain as silent as possible for the duration of the game. If during the hunt you begin to feel you like you are in immediate danger, quietly rise from your sitting position and hide somewhere inside that room, inside a closet or behind a large piece of furniture. Do not make any noise and do not leave a trail showing where you are hiding. The game becomes more dangerous the longer it goes on. It is your best interest to end it without getting caught as soon as possible. You must finish the game before sunrise. Do not leave your home before ending the game. Do not neglect to destroy and dispose of the mirror or the dolls. Do not neglect to end the game. Here you go for an extra challenge. <laughs> like That's not enough. A more challenging variation of the game may be played by making the following adjustments. Before beginning, turn on at least one light in every room in your house. After the hunt begins, do not immediately go to your hiding place. Instead, travel throughout the home, turning off all the lights as you go. When you finally reach your hiding place, turn off the light there as well and sit as previously described. This variation allows the doll to track you based on the status of the lights, making it much easier to find you and catch you. Above all else, do not let the doll catch you. If the doll is now found smiling at the end of the game, it found you. You may not have noticed, but it did. I'm sorry, there's nothing that can be done now. So there you go. There is there is the living it's a doll. twisted game of hide and seek. There is the living doll game. Nope. The, I, I was Even gonna, Jim would nope on this because he thinks I, dolls are I'm, creepy. I was gonna, I'm going to do an episode about dolls this okay. season, and I was going to save it for that, but I decided to use it for this one because it's the putting it in between the two mirrors. Mm -hmm. But this mm -hmm. is like a combination of two things that I do not... Like a plushie, like if I had like a gizmo from Gremlins plushie, mm -hmm. that would be one thing. That's cute. Yeah. But like a porcelain doll or a ventriloquist dummy. Oh, God, no. No. And to think of sitting cross-legged in that doorway when you hear, if you're hearing you sounds, hear something if you're hearing something your like house. skittering around your house. Looking I know you don't watch you. Seinfeld, but no. there's this episode where Jerry is sleeping in, I think, Kramer's apartment. And he has a ventriloquist doll that's like stored in a dresser named Mr. Marbles. And while Jerry's sleeping, he hears scuttering around the apartment and he's like lying in bed shaking going, Mr. Marbles, Mr. Marbles. <laughs> totally made me think of that. I remember when we stayed at Vicky's, when we slept at Vicky's, she had ventriloquist dolls hanging. She had just had dolls like marionette like in dolls. Yeah. yeah. You were sleeping like by the dolls when I think you got the breathing in your ear. No, I was up by the front register. Oh, was it? Mm -hmm. But you slept by the dolls because I remember you sleeping back in the toy room. I, did I sleep yes. back there? Yes. I, re I think the first time we were there, I remember you sleeping by the... Um, that's on the first floor, yeah. right? Yeah, and she okay. had like the the marionettes. Yeah, like, I don't hanging. think I always slept in the front room. No, probably because of the ventriloquist dolls. <sighs> I can't believe we used to sleep at a haunted location regularly. What, <laughs> what time are we looking at here for the episode? An hour and 30 minutes. Not oh. bad. Okay, so I'm going to get to two famous haunted mirrors. Okay. The first one is Bella Lugosi's mirror. Oh, an October 28th, 2021 Mental Floss article called, quote, Mirror, Mirror, Zach Bagans shares the true story behind the Haunted Museum's most cursed object. My twinsy, I guess. Says, <laughs> it was just when you had your glasses and the hat. It was yeah, like the, the glasses I and the hat. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and your hair it. was like back, like kind of back, so you, I didn't see the long hair. You looked a little, little Bagans-y Bagans Bagans there. Bagans-y. So from the article... It all started when a woman named Cindy Lee came to Baggins with a request. Would he take a mirror off of her hands? At one point, the mirror had hung in a room in the Hollywood Hills house that had belonged to her uncle, a lawyer and B-movie film producer who was tragically killed in a mob-style execution there in 1982 and whose death remains unsolved. Bella Lugosi, the actor best known for portraying Count Dracula in the classic 1931 Nosferatu. film 
had previously lived in that home. Mm-hmm. It's documented that her. Hmm? I said interesting. It's do- well, we'll see. <laughs> it's documented okay. that her uncle Frank Saletri lived in Bella Lugosi's house, where the mirror stayed on the wall. Bagan says, quote, Cindy believed that the mirror absorbed part of the bad energy from witnessing that murder. When you talk about mirrors and how they're affiliated with the paranormal, you immediately go to something called scrying. Bella Lugosi was apparently obsessed with this ancient means of clairvoyance, which is the practice of looking into an inanimate inanimate object with a reflective surface like a mirror or crystal ball to get messages from spirits. Bagans mentions that Nostradamus was fond of scrying and allegedly predicted his own death using the practice. As for Lugosi, Bagan says, quote, a lot of people talk about how he may have been involved in the occult. After Lee came into possession of the mirror following her uncle's death, things started to get scary. When it went into her house, her daughter immediately began severely being affected by it, Bagan says. She says that she began feeling bites on her neck when she would look into it and she would see a dark entity inside of the mirror. According to Lee, her other daughter would also have terrible nightmares of being attacked by the same dark entity and would wake up with scratches all over her body. The psychological and allegedly physical toll on Lee and her family was too much, so she contacted Bagan's. She bought it to my museum. She was desperate to get rid of it, Bagan says. She didn't want to sell it. She didn't want to throw it away. That's how a lot of these items end up at my museum. People don't want to dispose of them because they feel like they could have some kind of retaliation from the entities. Bagan's also mentioned his own first-hand experience with the mirror once it was part of his museum's collection, pointing to a 2017 episode of Ghost Adventures. I don't remember the scene this episode. Zach says, quote, There was a ball of light that appeared on the opposite wall of the mirror, traveled across the room, and went into the mirror, Bagan said. This was probably the most compelling evidence because it's visual. You can actually see something for yourself. Hmm. So he claims that this is like a super haunted mirror that belonged to Bella Lugosi. Now from a Skeptical Inquirer article from January 10th, 2019, called, quote, A Closer Look at the Bella Lugosi Haunted Mirror, the article says, We finally came to the star object of the room, the Bella Lugosi Haunted slash Cursed Mirror. They use both terms to describe it. The guide informed us that Lugosi was obsessed with the occult, particularly the practice of scrying. Scrying is a practice of looking into a medium, such as a crystal ball or mirror, in the hopes of getting messages from spirits or visions from the past or future. Our tour guide went on to claim that Lugosi used this mirror for scrying and that, quote, he did this after his wife died trying to contact her. The guide mentioned that this occult practice may have opened a portal to the other side. Our tour guide then related how they've had to call 911 after guests have gazed into the mirror and how she had personally witnessed people physically get sick while encountering the looking glass. We were then offered the chance, if we dared, after having signed waivers in the event we were physically harmed or psychologically scarred in some horrific Lovecraftian way, to gaze into the mirror ourselves. All of us, Donna, my wife, Susan, Mark, and myself, didn't hesitate. Just in case you were worried, my skeptic team did not require emergency services. (laughs) We were never told the name of Bella Lugosi's wife, who he was trying to contact. This stuck out to me and got my skeptical spidey senses tingling. I later learned that Bella Lugosi had been married five times. Being a curious chap, I decided to do a little bit of research and find out which one of his wives had passed away and had been the object of his attempts to contact through supernatural means. Curiously, none of his wives died while married to him, and therefore he was not a widower and was not trying to contact his recently deceased spouse. Hmm. This made me wonder, if this, if this claim was incorrect, what about the claim that Lugosi was highly into scrying in the occult? 
After an extensive search across the vastness of the internet for sources that documented the life of Bela Lugosi, including BelaLugosi.com, run by his son and granddaughter, I could find no references to him being involved in any sort of occult practices at all. Let's get back to the haunted mirror. Our guide told us that after Lugosi died, a man named Frank Seletri had rented Lugosi's room and the mirror behind the curtain hung in Frank's bedroom. We were informed that Frank died a horrific death in that bedroom, likely a mob hit. His body was found on July 12, 1982, bound up in the master bedroom with a single gunshot to the back of the head. This was referred to as gangland execution style by many reports. Sadly, the murder remains unsolved to this day and most likely will remain that way. What really stood out to me during this tour was that they were calling this object the Bella Lugosi haunted mirror rather than the Seletri haunted mirror. Since they made it sound as if the murderer's energy and the energy of the death was trapped within it, it seems only logical to at least name it after Seletri. I reached out to the Bella Lugosi family and got in touch with Lynn Lugosi Sparks, the granddaughter of Bella Lugosi, who was extremely helpful. I explained why I was researching his former residence and asked in two separate emails whether he had owned either the Primrose houses or the Wedgwood houses. This was her response. Quote, Thank you for contacting us. We know about the mirror and its inclusion in the museum in Las Vegas. We do not have any information documenting that my grandfather lived at the Primrose residence. My father has no recollection of the mirror or of his father ever mentioning the mirror. Bella Lugosi lived in quite a few places around Los Angeles, and while it's possible that our list is incomplete, we have tried our best, and with the help of a trusted researcher and biographer, to record, to record Bella Lugosi's homes for which we do have documentation. The list is currently missing a few addresses, and we'll be updating our website as soon as possible, but Primrose is not one of them. I reached out a third time to the Lugosi family, inquiring about the alleged claim that he was into scrying and into the occult. A few weeks later, I received a reply from Sparks that confirmed what I had found. She stated, quote, I do not have a copy of the museum's script as it relates to Bella Lugosi, but from your information, it seems that the museum has made things up about his life to make for a good story. Hmm about the mirror's placement in the museum and its perpetuating rumors. We have no knowledge of Bella Lugosi being into the occult or scrying. And again, we have no information about the mirror at the museum or the house from which the museum claims that the mirror came from. With this information, I can't help but conclude the claims promoted by our tour guide and thus Zag Bagans and his not-so-haunted museum. <laughs> These are not supported by any documentation or valid evidence. Shocking. Shocking. That's I know. Shocking. I know. Yeah, like the thing is... Someone was killed in front of it, execute, you know, like gunned down, mm -hmm. gunshot to the head. But it was this guy. It wasn't Bella Lugosi. Mm -hmm. But it's like tying the na Bella Lugosi name dredges up these ideas of ooh, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sorry, Zach. Sounds like that and the uh, what was the box? The Divic box. The Sounds Divic like those box, are both, which uh, is made up. Yeah, it's not. I, a thing. I like that the guy that posted it first, like said. Go look before my post. You're gonna find no evidence of anybody calling yeah. it a divic box. I'll pay you a million dollars. Yeah, he's if like, you find I, it. he's like, I made this up, but now it's took on a life of its own. Yeah, you and know, all people are buying divic boxes off of the internet and opening them on YouTube channels. But here's the thing, like the second one, like I like the second one, the people with the second one. You know who this is? Greg and Dana the Newkirks. Newkirks. Yeah. yeah, like I'm such a Newkirk fanboy I know, me too. that I immediately I'm buy girl. into the second one and as soon as I hear Zach Bagans tied with something, I immediately discount it. Kinda. So that shows like a huge bias on my part. Like mm -hmm. I love the Newkirks. So the second one, too. the second one is the the Newkirks Dark Mirror, mm -hmm. which they have an up like the episode they about that was so good. They, yes, I yeah, love like that the haunted objects 
podcast episode yeah. about their dark mirror. It was really they good. They have like a traveling museum and they yeah. bring that with them. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. I'm so from hauntedattraction.com, an article called, quote, The Most Haunted Mirrors in the World says, Greg Newkirk has always had a profound interest in the paranormal. Over the years, he began to research and track down various objects that others had deemed as haunted. When Greg had collected a sufficient number of items, he, along with his wife Dana, formed the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. Essentially, Greg and his wife travel around the country and display their supernatural finds for anyone who is curious. It's just like Zach, except his is stationary in Las Vegas, yeah. and they kind of take theirs around. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, Greg was contacted by a young woman about a small mirror with black glass. The woman, who wanted to remain anonymous, stated that her mother had acquired the mirror during a psychic expo. Her daughter thought nothing of the purchase until her mother began to act very withdrawn and subdued. When the young woman confronted her mother, her mother claimed that it was the mirror's doing, that it was inherently evil. Skeptical, the young woman took the mirror home with her, concerned over her mother's mental health. Despite not believing what her mother had said about the dark mirror, nevertheless, she found herself feeling oddly uncomfortable and uneasy in her home. After a few short days, she contacted Greg and donated the mirror to the traveling museum. At first, Greg kept his distance from the mirror, not because he was frightened by it, but because he didn't want to be disappointed if nothing paranormal happened. Oftentimes, the museum has supposedly haunted objects donated to it, but nothing strange ever actually occurs. However, since it was newly acquired, Greg brought it along for their next tour. On their first stop in Pennsylvania, a woman immediately picked up the mirror and gazed at her reflection. Within seconds, she had grown extremely pale and had set the mirror down, hastening to cover it up with a piece of cloth. When Greg asked her what she had seen, the woman replied that she had seen her own corpse in the mirror's reflection. The woman then stated that the mirror was dark in nature and that she needed to go pray. It, listen to the podcast episode because yeah, they talk about all really this. Good. And it is very good. Confused, or watch the YouTube version. Or watch the YouTube version. Uh, it's Haunted Objects. Yep. Confused but excited by such an account, Greg made it a point to carefully observe anyone else who picked up the mirror. Some individuals only saw their reflection, but others had much more ghastly things to report. Another woman in a different location also claimed to have seen her corpse. One man, a supposed diehard skeptic, stated that he had seen his reflection, but that, his, but that the, the reflection turned around and had completely walked out of the frame. That's creepy. Another woman claimed that when she looked at her reflection, her mirror image began to whisper, despite the fact that the woman never opened her mouth while gazing into That's the mirror. That's creepy. <laughs> Greg, and his, Greg and his wife continue to tour with the dark mirror, but the paranormal enthusiast admits that he keeps the mirror covered when it resides in their home. He avoids looking at the mirror at all costs. The mirror itself seems to want to draw Greg in, but he has always resisted gazing into the glass surface head-on. He has become convinced that whatever the mirror wants to show him, it will not be pleasant. I just like banged my hand on my microphone. Oh, so if you <laughs> so hear that's a weird what the noise, noise is, that's that it, it wasn't the doll coming and finding no. us. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have any dolls, okay? Especially porcelain ones. Over there. But yeah, that's no. the New Kirk's dark mirror. Okay. Like yeah. I said, I, I buy that so much more than Zach Bagans. I would love to go somewhere that they were going to be. That would be really I cool. do, but I'm also creeped out by the idea. Of the mirror? Yeah, of like any of their haunted stuff. Mm, yeah. Like part of me worries they were to get attached to me. Mm. You know? This guy, he's open. Let's follow yeah, this him guy, home. Let's follow this guy home. But yeah, I, I think it's so cool. Yeah. But yeah, listen to that episode because they talk about some of the, like the, the idea of it whispering, like you can see the mouth moving. Yeah, that's creepy. I have some stories coming up from Reddit too. So you're going to hear some Ooh, more of that sweet. kind of stuff. They're, if you're looking for them on YouTube, their channel is Planet Weird. Yes. Because, yeah, because that's what I would watch uh, Hellier on, yep. on YouTube. 
talk while I'm drinking my coffee. Oh, um, I hate it when you pressure me like this. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's other haunted mirrors like the Myrtles the Myrtles Plantation. Mm-hmm. I think Sophie and Adam went there. I think has a supposedly haunted mirror. Okay. <sighs> Sorry. So I'm now running. before we get to the Reddit stories, we're going to get to a little skepticism. Okay. I don't remember what article this is from. I did not write it down, so sorry. Seeing the wrong reflection doesn't just happen in Hollywood and haunted houses. Our brains are actually quick to misinterpret what we see in a mirror, often scaring us silly in the process. 20 years ago, University of Urbino psychologist Giovanni Caputo was studying disassociative identity disorder, formerly called multiple personality disorder, a condition in which people's identities are split into different personas, often as a coping mechanism for extreme trauma. One experiment intended to examine these patients' sense of self involved placing eight mirrors around the study's participant. That sounds creepy. I don't want that. Mm -mm. The subjects noted that under low light, the reflections of their faces seemed to change. Caputo was intrigued. He says, quote, I concentrated my scientific efforts on this new phenomenon. This was truly a case of serendipity. In 2010, he published the first description of what's become known as the strange face illusion. He showed that when people stare into a mirror under low lighting, they will often see their faces warp and change. Some watch their own facial features distort, while others see the faces of deceased loved ones or even monsters. Follow-up experiments have shown that you don't even need a mirror for the strange face illusion to occur. You can focus on another person's face or even a mask. These frightful visions aren't the result of anything supernatural, however. The process of taking in information with our eyes and interpreting it with our brains is like a game of telephone, and the messages can become garbled if the lights are too dim and we're staring too intently. Hmm. Which is like, uh, what's the word for it? Were you Matrixing? Matrixing. Yeah. Like where you, you're hearing what you want to hear or yep. seeing a ghostly face on the TV screen when it's yeah. just static. It's also believed that any movement seen in a mirror is an optical illusion referred to as Troxler's fading. Troxler's fading happens, and I've seen this, like optical illusions with this. Troxler's fading happens when a person fixates on a particular point for even a short period of time, causing other unchanging stimulus around the fixation point to fade away and disappear. Like I've seen this where you there's a map and you it has like an X in the middle and you focus on the X and like slowly everything else in the map disappears, disappears. because you're focusing on that X. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the skeptical sure. uh, reasons why people see stuff in mirrors yeah. or believe they see stuff in mirrors. Mm-hmm. So now on to Reddit. We're going to get to some Good stories. Old Good old Reddit. Take these with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. Definitely with a they're grain of salt. They're creepy whether they're true or yes. not. So somebody on Reddit writes... There is a whole load of lore on mirrors. They are seen as passageways between worlds, revealers of truth, trappers of souls, and much more. Water and other reflective surfaces are generally seen as connectors or passageways between dimensions. As an example, we could give vampire lore or other lore that suggests that the reflections in a mirror or other surface shows the true physical appearance of the one that looks into it. In my country, it's said that once a person dies, all mirrors and reflective surfaces should be covered, lest the soul of the deceased, A, gazes into the mirror, becomes fascinated with its reflection and doesn't move on, B, gets sucked into the mirror, which is creepy. Also, children in various cultures aren't allowed to look into mirrors until they are a certain age, so their young, untethered soul doesn't get trapped. I never knew that. Mirrors were covered during sleep and illness so that the body in its wanderings would not become trapped and unable to return to the host body. 
After a death, mirrors were covered to prevent the soul of the newly departed from becoming caught in the mirror, delaying its journey to the afterlife. Other cultures think that, think that once you gaze into a mirror, you leave part of yourself in the mirror. I have heard some people claim that if you take two mirrors and point them at each other and then gaze into this infinite series of reflections for a long enough amount of time, you will see God, Satan, or what have you. Also, I have read in various places that if you look straight into your eyes into a mirror for 10 or more minutes, your reflection will start changing. I think making extended eye contact with yourself in a mirror is really creepy. It is. I would not There's do that. There's something so unsettling yeah. about it. Yeah. Mirrors and other reflective surfaces are also used for divination. Broken mirrors are said to bring bad luck or imminent death. There's also said it's also said that some spirits, beings, demonic creatures, whatever, inhabit mirrors and can communicate through them. So there you go. Hmm. From Reddit. Frequently, due to nightmares and other things that scared me, I used to sleep in my mom's room. This was from when I was three years old till about five years old. One night when I was in her room, I partially got out of bed to find my glass of water, which was put between me and the doorway to a full-length mirror moved. I have had several nightmares about things inside this mirror, so I was somewhat paranoid about it. The hall light was on, so I could see the room fairly clearly. Before I had gotten to my glass of water, I glanced over to the mirror and saw something that my young brain could barely register. In the reflection, the room wasn't there, but in the reflection stood a partially faceless person. The shape was evident, but the features were all missing. It had no eyes, no mouth, no nose, just the shape of a face. The figure wasn't actually inside the room, but it was visible in the mirror. The last thing I remember doing was screaming, After and after this I was told by my family members that... Two different stories. The first is that I was found by my mom trying to cover up the mirror with a blanket. I preferred this vision since it is less creepy. The other version I heard was that I was found inches away from the mirror with my eyes open wide staring at my own reflection. Hmm. Nope. And this one, this one is one sentence, but this is still, this is still a biggie for me. My biggest fear is that my reflection will do something that I didn't. Yep. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. 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 Nope. (laughs) (laughs) i am not going to say that i avoid mirrors nor is it a fear i will continue to use them but i have seen some strange stuff that has convinced me that is not just simply a reflection that i see in the bedroom of the house that i grew up in there was a full-length mirror on the closet door at night i would occasionally see movement in the reflection subtle and faint almost like a shadow this happened for many years and nothing else that is until one day when i was getting ready for school when i was nine years old I was just putting my shirt on when out of the corner of my eye, I saw my reflection do something that I clearly did not do. It wasn't, Krista shaking her head, it wasn't threatening and I unfortunately do not remember what it was. It was so sudden and startling that I was stunned for several minutes. Since then, every time I'm at a mirror, I study it for a few minutes. I would say that roughly 99.9% of the time, nothing is out of the ordinary. However, those times when things are not ordinary, it truly sends chills down my spine. Things such as objects that are in the reflection but aren't on my side. The, uh, the order of objects in the reflection sometimes don't match up with the order of objects on my side. Sizes of objects don't match up. All sorts of small things that would be missed unless you were actively looking for them. However, the instant I took my eyes away from what I was looking at and back, the reflection would then match. If this only happened in one location, I would tend to... I was be- just going to ask, is yeah. it just in one house? If this only happened in one location, I would tend to believe a haunting or something like that. But this has happened to me in several different locations with different mirrors. I haven't seen anything big happen except the one time in my bedroom out of the corner of my eye. Every time I study the reflection, I do so with apprehension. What will I see? So that's creepy. Mm-hmm. 
Somebody else writes, the house I grew up in was extremely haunted and our upstairs bathroom mirror was one of those mirrors where the edges, and I totally know this, I can totally see this in my head, was one of those mirrors where the edges along the sides kind of swooped down at a different angle from the edge of the mirror to look fancier, I guess. It's like a beveled mirror. Yes. And because it was a different angle, the reflection in that part would be different and a bit blurry. There have been a few times that while looking at myself in the mirror, I would suddenly see someone or something else run by, but only in that little half-inch section of unlevel glass, not in the rest of the mirror. Sometimes it would fly right by. Sometimes it was more of a brisk walk past. I don't know. But we've all, my mom, two sisters, and myself, have seen it more than once. That bathroom got so bad, we ended up locking it and, clo- and nailing the door shut so no one would go in there. Thank God we had two bathrooms. <laughs> That's creepy to think of seeing something in that beveled yeah. part of the mirror. Mm-hmm. This isn't technically a mirror, but this is still, yeah. I was taking a shower and just staring aimlessly at the shower head, dreaming and pondering of the things that one ponders of during a shower. The shower head had a mirrored surface, and I slowly realized that though I was staring directly at it, my reflection's eyes were looking off to the left. For a moment or two, I wondered how that was possible and and what trick of the beveling was causing my reflection to be looking away when suddenly my reflection's eyes shifted and then looked back directly at me. And they continued to return my gaze for the rest of the shower as if nothing had happened. Hmm. It's never happened once or once. It's never happened before or since. Hmm. Somebody replies, something similar happened to me a few years back. I was outside in our patio talking with my dad. The apartment we lived in was upstairs and our patio had this glass balcony. You were able to see your reflection through it, especially at night. I was standing and through my peripheral vision, I noticed that my reflection had its head turned all the way to look right at me. That's so creepy. Yeah, no. I quickly shot my head towards it only to see that everything was back to normal. It all happened in a span of a few seconds. I stood there kind of in shock and simply walked back inside. It startled me and I couldn't stop thinking about it. It could have just been my eyes playing tricks on me, but I don't think it was. Somebody else replies, yep, when I was a kid, I had one of those character portraits on the wall. I could see it in the mirror when I would put my hair up. One day I was putting my hair up and I saw it flip and look the other direction and then back. Nope. I screamed, cried, and completely freaked out. My parents hid it in the basement. I wanted it burned. They tried a couple times to get me to put it back up, telling me that it was just a trick of my eyes. I didn't and still don't care decades later. I've never had a picture of myself up since. Never will either. I've seen scary stuff in my years, but seeing things wrong in the mirror is a special kind of nope. Hmm. When I was about four, I used to randomly get up at about 3 a.m. every night, walk all the way into the living room, and stare at a huge mirror we had up in there. I have had an irrational fear of the dark for as long as I can remember, so thinking back on when I used to do this without hesitation and stand there staring at myself, I can't help but wonder what was in that mirror. So creepy. Somebody else writes, The house I grew up in has been haunted since my family first moved there in 2001. I'd say this happened around 2003. It's located in upstate New York. This is where Brian lives. Mm -hmm. In this, I was seven or eight at the time. My sister was five or six. The house was built in the late 1800s. One time during a summer day, my sister and I were in the house. My mom was preparing a lunch. We heard a knock at the front door, and my mom asked my sister and I to see who was there. We ran to the front door, checking the side window first to see if we could see anyone, but we didn't. We then opened the two doors, but no one was there. We had an oval mirror next to the door. Now I was too short to see myself in the mirror, but what I did see in the mirror that day was a very tan lady who looked in her early to mid-30s with blonde hair. 
She was standing in the mirror and then she turned to look straight at me. I turn around and no one is behind us. I turn back to the mirror and she's gone. My sister and I quickly look at each other and run to our mom and tell her what we saw. She goes in and checks it out and sees nothing. It was the only time I saw that lady in the mirror, but I experienced other events in the house as well, but this one always struck me as one of the stranger ones. Somebody else writes, Not sure about salt lamps, but I remember my mother telling me that when she was in high school or middle school, some boy she knew told her that they would hold a candle in front of a mirror at midnight. The next time she saw one of them, he was freaked out. I guess when they did it, the mirror got misty or full of smoke, and then they saw what they could only describe as a, tr- as a tail protruding from the mirror and quickly put the candle out, although it could have been BS. I knew my uncle once fell asleep with a candle on next to the mirror during power being out, and he said he woke up sometime in the night, which I assume was sometime between those hours the boy saw it, and he saw what he described as, quote, the ugliest SOB I've ever seen staring back at him and he threw a blanket over the mirror and had trouble sleeping for weeks which is creepy that's very creepy yep somebody else writes this happened six months ago in a house i moved into with a roommate she had lived there for a year prior before and once i moved in we started rearranging the living room i need to note that there were old bedroom sets in the basement from the original owners of the house bed frames dressers and mirrors Back to the living room, there was a mirror on the wall opposite the fireplace with a mirror above the mantel. The mirror opposite the fireplace came from a basement and was hung up by a girl that lived there before I moved in. So I take the mirror off the wall as we are putting in our TV and as we are putting our TV in that spot and prop it up against the wall perpendicular to the wall it was hung until we could figure out where to put it. This is when we started to notice weird things happening and hadn't quite realized yet that the mirror could be the issue. There's a cot in the basement that was set up apparently by the owner of the house if he ever came to town. Weird in my opinion, but apparently when he come to town, he would sleep in the basement in a cot. Hmm. I don't know. Well, one day the lights above the cot randomly stopped working and that corner of the basement just started having an eerie vibe. I tell my roommate this so we go down to investigate. What we found scared the crap out of us. There were bare footprints on the cot seemingly pacing back and forth side to side. No one in their right mind would walk down there barefoot when it's dirty and there had been rats found in the basement. We measured our feet next to the prints and while roughly the same length, the prints were way too wide to be either of ours. A couple days later, I'm down in the basement doing laundry. I make my dog come down there with me because it's so creepy. He wouldn't stop staring at the corner containing the cot and I felt like I was being watched. A moment later, the lights above the washer and dryer started flickering, so I got the hell out of there. The same day later in that afternoon, I'm standing in the living room on the phone with my brother talking about work with my back to the mirror that had been propped up on the floor. My dog starts growling and aggressively barking. My initial thought was both mine and my roommate's dog were behind me fighting over a toy, so I snapped at them to stop, and when I turned around, it was just my dog staring into that mirror, but not looking at his reflection. He's five years old and has seen his reflections thousands of times, so that doesn't concern him. So that freaked me out, and that's when I started connecting the dots. I had a betta fish and a tank on one side of the mirror, and my roommate had a cool palm tree-like plant on the other side. My fish died suddenly, and the plant started dying, no matter her efforts. I have to note I had been telling my roommate that the mirror seemed warped, because every time I saw it, I felt horrible and fat when I saw myself in it walking into the room. She said she also felt this way. So I bring up my mirror theory to her, and she immediately grabs the mirror and puts it in our detached garage in the backyard. We both felt better about this until the next day. I went out back to smoke, and it was raining, so I opened the garage door for some shelter. 
A fluorescent bulb was laying on the floor in the middle of the garage as though it had fallen, but it was not in a place where it would have seemingly landed and it was completely unbroken. It was like someone had taken it out and laid it there. I look up and I see the mirror facing me and I get the heck out of there. I explained this to my roommate and we immediately grabbed the mirror to walk it across the street to Goodwill, which is super convenient in this moment. She's holding it by the wire it hung on for years and the moment we reach the edge of the property, the wire snaps and the mirror falls to the ground without breaking. We get it across to the street to the Goodwill and leave it. The next day, the lights in our basement started working and we had no other weird experiences. And then she edits it to say, a friend of ours put a ball we found in the basement on the cot to see if it would move. It did not, thankfully. The thought of walking down there and it being moved scared the heck out of me, so I ended up moving it myself. (laughs) The pile of trash under the cot had some pictures of someone's children that looked slightly burnt on the edges and had 2008, 2007 written on them. That's Mm. creepy. Mm -hmm. Did some research on the house, and the new owner bought it in 2009, so I'm not sure if the pictures were his or from previous owners, but it's definitely creepy. We tried to think of every possibility with the footsteps, even asking the few people that had been to our house if they had gone into the basement for some reason. Also thinking maybe some transient came into our house at some point, but we're very diligent on locking the doors at night and when we leave. We couldn't actually nail down a cause for the footprints, and with the lights not working suddenly when they appeared, and then immediately working once the mirror was gone, it was too creepy and coincidental. We definitely wanted it to be one of us that caused those footprints. It was very inconvenient as it took me to get comfortable to do laundry again. Somebody else writes a replies to this. Old mirrors are super sketchy. My wife got an antique oval mirror with a beautiful ornate black frame. Soon after hanging it up, we both started having nightmares. Other weird stuff started happening around the house, and my wife started putting a sheet over the mirror at night because it just creeped her out. After inexplicably falling off the wall one night, it stayed there for a few weeks before I threw it in the trash. After that, things went back to normal. And then the original poster replies, This now makes me feel bad for leaving at the goodwill. What other weird stuff did you and your wife encounter? Well, it's good to know everybody's dropping off their haunted crap at the Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. I guess I'll stop shopping there. Yep. Somebody, so the, the person replies, for me, just weird noises and things, seeing things from the corner of our eyes. Little things would disappear, disappear and then show up in obvious places. My wife had her hair pulled a couple of times while she was doing dishes. Then she had a dream that there were a bunch of people standing around the bed staring at us. <laughs> That's creepy. The next day is when the mirror fell off the wall. It was hanging on a hook from a wire. The wire wasn't broken and the hook wasn't bent. We had no idea why it fell off. And that's when I was like, yep, that needs to go. So then the original person says, we were having the corner of the eye things happen quite a bit before we chalked up all the weird stuff to the mirror. At one point, I was standing in our kitchen with a friend, and he then he asked me, isn't your roommate upstairs? I thought it was weird, but walked into the living room and called her name, and sure enough, she was upstairs. Upon confirming that, his face went pale. He had just seen someone walk from the corner that the mirror was propped up in, passing the kitchen door. I left that little detail out because I just remembered it. Happened the same night we discovered the footprints. We still hadn't connected the mirror to the weird happenings yet at this point. So there you go. Somebody else writes... So I've heard about the theory that mirrors are portals for a few years now, and I never really bought into it until last night. In my room, I have two giant mirrors facing my bed, one on the left and the other on the right side at different angles. I went to bed around 9 o'clock p.m. because my stomach was upset. Because my stomach was upset. 
I woke up randomly around 11.59 p.m. because I felt like I was being watched. I looked over and I noticed a shadow-like figure watching me in my mirror. And when I noticed it, I watched it step back inside the mirror like it was trying not to be seen. I looked around the room and nothing is giving off a reflection like that. It was like it was trying to hide. I get up and I'm staring down the mirror and this thing is still standing there. Usually the stuff disappears immediately upon me noticing it. However, the weird part is that I immediately fell asleep right after witnessing this entity. I don't remember it leaving or disappearing. Like I stared him down and somehow I fell back asleep when I usually don't go to bed until way later. Creepy. Very. Somebody else writes, quote, I found this mirror in an abandoned funeral home in Jacksonville, Florida. I have always loved explo- <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have always loved exploring abandoned places and this was on my bucket list. I met up with a friend and we wasted no time getting inside. The place was decaying and falling apart. There was old furniture, caskets, and even a hearse left behind. In the rubble, I found this mirror. I normally don't take things from the places I explore, but there was just something about the mirror. I felt like I had to take it. My friend didn't like the idea because he found it disrespectful. I didn't listen to him, and I still took it with me. I hung it in my living room. The next day, my mom and sister came over and told me they don't like it. They said it made them feel weird, lightheaded, and nauseous when they were around it. I was skeptical because I didn't feel any of that. I thought they were just feeling that way because they knew where I had gotten it from. A couple days later, a friend of mine came over and was immediately drawn to the mirror. I stepped out for a second to take a phone call. When I come back in, I see him staring into the mirror like he was in a trance. I put my hands on his shoulders to ask him if he was okay, and he jumps back and backpedals towards the kitchen. He was breathing hard and on the brink of tears. He told me he saw an elderly version of himself mouthing words to himself with shadowy figures swaying back and forth behind him. Okay. He left and refused to come back, which I would too. That's up there with your older version of you crawling out of your bathroom. Yeah. There's something about a a mirror image of you saying words that you can't hear. That really creeps me out. So I thought this was all in his head until last night. I was laying on my bed and then I heard footsteps in the living room. I get up to check and I see nothing. I was alone. As I was walking back to my room, I stopped and stood right in front of the mirror. I looked directly into it. Almost instantly, I felt like I was in a daze. I began seeing a black mass cover my face from left to right. Then I saw a hand reach over my shoulder and wrap itself around my neck. I snapped out of it and ran back to my room. My whole body was cold and I felt a weird stinging sensation on my neck. I was terrified but fascinated at the same time. I didn't sleep. I was thinking about it all night. I waited for the sun to come up and then I put the mirror in my shed. I told people about my experience and they tell me to get rid of it. I understand why they would say that but I feel strangely attached to it. It I feel like it has something to say and I want to find out what that is. And somebody else replies... Secondhand mirrors are always haunted, dude. Somebody else writes, When I was a young woman, I thought it would be cool to try scrying with a mirror on Halloween. I ended up seeing faces that were not mine looking back at me, their mouths moving like they were trying to say something. It was just about the most creepy thing I've ever seen. Since then, I really try to avoid looking at mirrors at night because I occasionally will see something moving that isn't there. I won't sleep with a mirror in my room, and I'll remove them as much as possible wherever I live. Playing with mirrors has left me with a terrible lifelong aversion to them. I would not recommend it to anybody. This next one I take with a big grain of salt. Um, I take all of them with a grain of salt, but... Pardon my English. It's not my first language. This isn't something that happened to me. It happened to my brother-in-law. I will be posting some of my own stories later on. Please delete this if I'm breaking any rules. 
The story's from my brother-in-law. This took place in Mexico in the 90s. My brother-in-law, named Uriel, and his family had a house on the corner of the street. His parents always worked and never had time to do any house chores or look after Uriel, so they hired a housekeeper or a nanny. The nanny was a teenage girl who was around 12 years old. It was acceptable to hire young kids back then in that area. Uriel said that in the beginning, everything was great and she did all of her chores. The house was pretty big, so it was pretty impressive that at her age, she was able to keep up with all the cleaning. The family was content with her work, and the girl was always happy to help. In the house was a big staircase that led to a second story. Uriel said that as soon as you got on the top step, there was a very big Victorian mirror, which was recently given to his parents by some friends. The family started noticing that the girl would always glance at the mirror. The glances then escalated, and she began staring at the mirror from afar. Soon she would stare to the point where she would stop doing her chores and just stay there for hours at a time. She stopped speaking to anyone and did nothing else but stare at this mirror. She even stopped eating and sleeping. The family became very concerned and alerted her family. When her family came to pick her up, they couldn't separate the girl from the mirror. She was in sort of a hypnotized state. They took her to a local witch doctor and the witch doctor said something in the mirror had taken her and it had just left her body behind and that nothing could be done. She was in a vegetative state and remained that way for some days. It would all come to an end when Uriel's family ordered the mirror stored in the basement. At one point, one of the people moving it somehow stepped on the mirror and it broke, shattering into many pieces. Seconds later, the girl's family called Uriel's family, saying that the girl had begun convulsing and had passed away. It was very sad because the family was devastated. To this day, he doesn't like talking about this because it scares him so much. Jeez. Somebody replied, not to be that person, but I like to be a healthy skeptic with these things. Hear me out. I used to be a person to jump to the paranormal, but I learned the hard way to not do that. Anyway, I have partial seizures, and then I have these auras when I start staring off into space and cannot speak or feel emotion, and I feel disassociated from my surroundings, and everything feels foreign. My seizures can last up to an hour, and I sometimes convulse and twitch violently. It just sounds like she was obviously having something wrong with her brain. Sometimes a seizure can kill you, but that's rare, and only if you're having back-to-back -back seizures and a constant one, and she seemed to be having troubles for days without any professional medical attention. That's pretty logical. So he says, I'm skeptical, but the poster did stay and respond to everyone, and that's always a sign that it might be a legit story. Hmm. Somebody else replied saying, Mirrors terrify me. I have some of my own mirror stories, seeing things in the reflection that aren't there in reality, staring too long and not feeling and feeling like I'm not in my body anymore and that I'm not myself in this reality. Worst of all is when your reflection uh, worst of all is when your reflection starts making facial expressions that you aren't making or subtle movements that you notice in your reflection but that you aren't doing. Somebody else says I once stared into a mirror too long when I was around 13 years old. I vividly recall seeing my face turn into that of my deceased father. I never did that again. Somebody else replies, I've never liked mirrors either. I grew up in a house that had multiple spirits, none that were good inside of it. And it got so bad that we had to have someone come out and bless the house once a month. He eventually stayed the night with the lights off and then told us in the morning that the portal was through the mirror in our hallway and that there was another portal in one of the paintings in the living room. That mirror was creepy. I remember walking past it in the dark and always thinking that I saw someone reflected behind me. Somebody else writes, my son, 26, 
was talking to me in my room a few weeks ago. We know someone's in there, but I have not seen anyone in my house. Others have. Over a dozen people have seen my house spirit, the shadow that walks through my house. But I digress. My son and I were talking and laughing about something when he looked in the dresser mirror, and in the mirror was the reflection of a young guy laughing with us. He had a 50s or 60s style suit with big round white sunglasses on. So I was like, Elton John. (laughs) And my son got the impression that he was from that era and that he just likes having a good time. When my son said something, I felt something pass through me from the mirror out into the room. It was crazy. Now people will see a shadow pass by my door or a person in my room. A different person described him as a man about 40 years old. Genuine smile, good person. The person said that whatever spirit was there was worried he had let me down or something. Long story short about that, about a year ago, my ex-husband attacked me in that room. and I remember thinking, why didn't you stop him? So I feel like I have at least one mirror man, maybe two, and they kind of use the mirror as a door or a portal. I kind of feel like they are in a different dimension, and that's where they can pass through, but they can't leave my room. With them, I'm always safe there. That's weird. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. Somebody else says, I've never been afraid of mirrors. I mean, I would occasionally be creeped out if I looked into a mirror if it was dark, but other than that, nothing. Except one time my boyfriend was showering and I was getting ready for bed. Our shower is the kind that it's completely made of glass so he could see the whole bathroom. Our sink top is very large and so is the mirror. He says that he saw me brushing my teeth and getting ready and that when I walked away, my reflection didn't move. It stood there for a half second or so before it moved away. Needless to say, I was creeped out, but nothing else happened. That's creepy. Yep. Old mirrors can be creepy. I rented an apartment that was in the converted attic of an 1800 style home. It came partially furnished, which included an old mirror in the living room. Several times I would walk past it and see a dark shape reflected behind me in the living room. When I turned around, nothing was there. The final straw was a night when I was going to bed and went around turning off lights, checking the doors, etc. I turned off the floor lamp in the living room and the shape appeared right in front of me. I screamed and it disappeared. After that, I took the mirror down and put it in the closet with the reflective side facing the wall. Somebody else writes, mirrors creep me out. A close friend of mine dabbled in the occult as a teenager. This was a major mistake, according to her. She said that she experimented with a black mirror. She refused to specify what she saw or even describe it at all, but said that it was horrific. She mentioned this to me once when I pressed her for details. She became upset. It's something I wonder about a lot. What could she have seen in there? Creepy. Okay, now this next one, take with a grain of salt, too. Because this one, like I can, like this one kind of pushes the, I don't know, button for me. The BS meter? It's from the website, True Horror Story, True True Horror Stories of Texas. I had a friend from Mexico that one day purchased an old Victorian-sized wall mirror from an antique store, and the seller told him a few warning signs before taking the mirror home. He said the mirror must always remain covered up during the night. Once my friend got home with the mirror, he admired his reflection before covering it up. When dusk approached and his room started to get dark, he swore he heard someone knocking inside the mirror. No. So like the story goes, curiosity killed the cat. He uncovered the mirror and what he states next is admittedly hard to believe. He said his reflection was the one knocking on the other side of the mirror with a twisted smile. So my friend got so scared he tried to run, but he was paralyzed. He said his his reflection tried to get out of the mirror as he struggled with it. According to him, he never experienced anything like this evil reflection before. When struggling, he said the reflection tried to pull him into the mirror world, but only succeeded halfway. He saw how it was inside the mirror world. Everything was inverted backwards. He was so scared, he started to pray, and he got the strength to wrestle with his reflection and got out of the mirror and back to his bedroom. 
He went running to my house, white as a sheet of paper, and told me what happened. We chatted all night since he didn't have the guts to go back. Next morning, we went to my friend's house and destroyed the mirror. We burned it, said a few prayers, and everything went back to normal. This happened in Veracruz, Mexico, a few years back, believe it or not. Yeah, it's a little too good. You know what I mean? Yep. The knocking, little... I could have believed the knocking. Yeah, it is a little too good. Next story. When I was born, my mother had already gone through a bad breakup with my father, and she and my big brother ended up living with my grandparents in their house. When my mother found a new house for us all, she and my grandparents began preparing and decorating the new rented house. When they entered the house, they discovered several of the bedroom doors that looked they might have been children's bedrooms had locks on the outside of them. Weird, right? Sure, but when they went down to the old cellar, there was what looked like cultish graffiti painted all over the walls. You name it, it was there. Uh, Crucifixes, pentagrams, etc. Me and my brother shared the same room as the house had only two bedrooms. We're both dudes, so it wasn't anything bad. (laughs) And we both had to swap rooms with our mother because the neighbor's brother, who stayed with him sometimes, used to talk in his sleep, and it sounded like there were several people in his room when he would do this. That's creepy. The voices that would come out of him would creep me and my brother out, so we swapped rooms with our mom. One night, I got up to go to the bathroom that was situated in between my mother and our room. The bathroom had a bathtub, a toilet, and a wash basin across from the bath with a mirror above it. I had just finished up using the toilet and was washing my hands, and I looked up into the mirror. In the mirror, I didn't see myself at all. All I could see was the bathtub behind me. The wallpaper was different than what we had up, and standing in the bath with his back to me was a completely nude teenage boy that was leaning on the wall with his back to me. He was leaning on the wall with both of his arms. He looked like he was starved because I could see his ribs and he had scars all over his back and his black straggly hair was dangling into his face. He began slowly turning his head to look at me when I suddenly spun around to look at the bathtub, which, surprise, was empty. I looked back to the mirror and all I could see was myself and nothing else. I told my mother and she told me that she had seen ghosts too and that her family was just more tuned into them. I remember saying to myself that day, I don't want to see another ghost again. Please do not show yourself to me anymore. It worked because although I still hear things in this house, I have never seen a ghost full on again. I've seen shadows and heard rummaging around, footsteps and knocks on doors, but I've never seen a ghost like the one I saw in the mirror. The experience left its mark on me, and I'm obviously weary of mirrors now, but like I said, not as much as I used to be. That's creepy. Yes. Somebody else writes... I have a specific rule as an avid thrifter that I will never, ever buy mirrors, no matter how good a deal. 100%. I would never in a million years buy a mirror from a thrift store because Mm. you don't know what that mirror has seen. I have. You know. And my house is not haunted. As far as you know. Well, I think I would know. Wait until we do our living doll thing here. (laughs) The Three Kings experiment. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Somebody else writes... I've just moved into a new student house and there are mirrored wardrobes all alongside my bed. They're fixed in place and I can't move the bed anywhere else in the room and it creeps me out sleeping between them. If that wasn't bad enough, on my first night there, my significant other woke up and sud- my significant other wakes up suddenly, starts wanting to get out of the room and then turns to me and says, quote, I just don't want what happened to them to happen to us oh. and then goes back to sleep. Okay. As you can imagine, I did not sleep. <laughs> so there you go. Somebody else writes, about 10 years ago, I used to interview people. (laughs) Okay, this one. I guess here's a new method of dealing with the paranormal because I never heard this before. About 10 years ago, I used to interview people online and ask them about their paranormal encounters. And I talked to this woman who said that her reflection in the mirror smiled at her and then walked away and then came back. So she lifted her shirt and flashed her boobs at it. And the reflection smiled again and just shook its head at her. And otherwise, it was a normal reflection. 
So it's not all bad and scary. It's I just very. I guess not. I it's just so apparently. Did she give her some beads afterwards? I, apparently, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so it's not all that bad and scary. It's okay. just very shocking to experience that in real time, and especially when you live in a country like America, who are just waiting for reasons to label people as crazy or stupid. I heard like I I didn't put them all in here, but there were a lot of stories about people looking at their reflection in the mirror and then all of a sudden the reflection kind of smiles at them and like shakes its head yeah, nope. and then goes back to being a regular as if they're judging them. yeah yeah going back to be a regular just reflection. a heads up we're at two hours and 18 minutes we're, we're getting there okay we're getting there <laughs> i'm just about done somebody else writes i had a similar experience in 2017 i went to the bathroom at night turned on the light and went to pee now, the toilet is at the end of the bathroom, and the mirror and bathroom sink are together. After I was done, I went to wash my hands, and I looked at my reflection in the mirror. I washed my hands, looked up, and the reflection in the mirror was just looking at me. I moved my head side to side to see if it was aligned, and it just kept staring straight ahead of me. Then I saw my reflection smile and start to laugh at me as I kept moving my head sideways. I switched off the light and switched it back on again, and then my reflection was back to normal. This is a true story. I remember this like it was yesterday. Somebody else writes, I only have a couple more. I had something similar happen to me too. I always thought whether or not I should post it. This took place uh, this took place a couple of years ago. It was around 2:30 a.m. when I was getting ready for bed using the bathroom even though I didn't really need to go, but it was part of my nighttime routine. I had been doing it for years and nothing strange ever happened except for this one night which freaks me out to this day. So the bathroom mirror is directly on top of the sink and on the right side a bit further down is where the tissue holder was placed. The bathroom itself is a guest bathroom, so it was quite small. After using the toilet, I go over to the sink to wash my hands, and I always have a habit of looking at myself in the mirror. After I'm done, I bend down to grab some tissues to dry up my hands. However, when I come back up, the notice that my reflection is still bending down in the previous position and then comes back up a few seconds later. At this point, I'm just staring at myself trying to figure out what happened because I never experienced anything like that before. I don't know if it was some sort of glitch, but something lagged in the mirror that day. Somebody else says, I had this happen twice. The first time was in my old house. Same situation. It was late at night. I was using my phone flashlight, so I wouldn't wake up the family. It was a full mirror covering the wall along the sink, and it was huge. I did my thing, try not to make eye contact with some, but something caught my, uh, I did my thing, try not to make eye contact with myself, but something caught my attention when my hands weren't in sync with a mirror version of me. I stupidly looked in the mirror and my face was distorted and blurry, like someone took the blur feature and blurred my face out. I turned the light on and it went back to normal. My dumb butt started to wave my hand thinking I imagined it and then made erratic moves that weren't predictable. It was leggy again, like a few seconds behind or something and it didn't track. Adrenaline kicked in and I noped out of there and closed that door, went back to the bedroom and told my husband. He tried to debunk it and said that it seemed a bit behind but didn't say anything else. He typically would tell me I was probably tired or whatever, but he just said the reflection's a bit off, but I wouldn't worry about it. What? And he's refused to talk about it ever okay. since. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then somebody writes, somebody writes, looking in mirrors in general is something you should do quickly and efficiently. The longer you spend looking at your reflection, the greater the odds that it will do something alarming. The spirits that exist on the other side are tasked with reflecting our world as we see it, but they can be playful, mischievous, or even malevolent. If you gaze long enough, sometimes they show you the world as they see it. You will never be the same after. Also, you should never be looking in the mirror when you turn the light on. As an experiment, go into a pitch black room, stare in the mirror. Obviously, you won't see anything yet. After you are absolutely quiet and still for a few minutes, turn the light on quickly without looking away. If you time it right, your reflection will turn to face you, sometimes looking surprised. 
Sometimes if your timing is really good, there will be nobody there at all. The mirror may crack on these occasions, so be careful. I love how they're like, don't ever do this, yeah. but go do this. <laughs> yep. So I want to end it from this quote with from Terry Pratchett, the author, who says, quote, When you stand between two mirrors, you're spread out among the images. Your whole soul is pulled out thin, and somewhere in the distant images, a dark part of you might get out and come looking for you if you aren't careful. Well then. There you go. There are There's mirrors. also a Mandela effect around a mirror. Is there? Magic mirror on the wall. Oh, yeah. That's true. That did come up in my, my research. So there you go. There are some mirrors for you. Mirrors and the paranormal. Wow. I do not like mirrors. I know some of our listeners do not like mirrors. Apparently, a common theme is your reflection doing stuff you're not doing. Yeah. That's that's my biggest fear. Hmm. Like, I'm almost better with looking I've in the mirror. I've never had a bad experience with a mirror. <laughs> I've, I'm better with looking in a mirror and seeing like a skeleton face looking back at me than I am of looking in a mirror and all of a sudden my reflections start talking and I can't hear what it's saying or it starts giggling or laughing or something. Blah. Yeah. So mirrors, what do you guys think? Do you have any mirror stories that you would like to tell us? Are you burning your mirror as we speak? I feel <laughs> exactly. like that would be really hard to do. I don't exactly. know if you can burn a mirror. <laughs> we are running late, so I'm going to jump. We didn't have any new questions. Okay. So I'm jumping right into song picks. My first song I had to do for this episode so some of the YouTube comments for this video are, quote, This song is perhaps one of the best songs I have heard in recent memory. There is so much to love about it, like the fact that it's almost infectious in nature. The first time I heard it, I hated it, but I was immediately, but the song became immediately stuck in my head. I have always been offended, a fan of this band, and this song makes me love them even more. Kudos, guys, on a job very well done. Someone else writes, quote, Every time the chorus kicks in, so do the chills. Somebody else writes, this song resonates to literally every possible human emotion. Somebody else writes, quote, this song sends waves of chills through me every time I hear it. Somebody else writes, chills. somebody else writes, this is one of the best songs I've ever heard. It has that special rhythm and chorus that reminds me of a memorable fall evening when the leaves are being carried away from the trees on a sweet and sour wind. Oh, I like that. I like that too. It is the song, of course, for this episode, it is the song Bloody Mary by the band Silver Sun Pickups. Hmm. I might have done this one before, but I had to do it for the mirror episode. Okay. It's, you weren't going to pick this. Man in the Mirror by Michael no, Jackson? No, it is Bloody Mary by Silver Sun Pickups. I love this song so much. Uh, and in the YouTube comments, somebody actually wrote this. Singer-guitarist Brian Aubert explained the song's meaning, saying, quote, It's kind of grim, but it's actually a pretty sweet song. Before we were writing the album, I was getting into a lot of conversations about how people grew up. You're at the bar, and you exchange childhood memories slash possible traumas. My parents were like this, my parents were like that, etc. Someone really close to me was telling me about their life early on, and it was heartbreaking and really frustrating. I'm not talking about massively destructive things that happened, but things that were definitely not right. We were talking about little games that we played, and the Bloody Mary game we played when we were kids and got scared, and my friend essentially said, I had no time for those things because I was frightened all the time. I would not have been scared by that game. I would have sat there and just been happy. And that really freaked me out and it made me so mad and I want to go back in a, I want to go back in a time machine and go back and punish the people that made them feel that way. That's where the song came about. So it sounds pretty grim, but it's actually kind of sweet. That's how Bloody Mary came in there. With the idea that some of us were doing everything we could to thrill ourselves and scare ourselves and jolt our nerves. And my friend had so much going on at such a young age for that to even register. And I felt sad that this person never had what we had. So that is the song Bloody mm. Mary. Uh, it's Bloody Mary, I think in parentheses, nerve endings. 
by okay. Silver Sun Pickups, and I just absolutely love that song. So I'm going to post that video. My second song I have on here I'm completely throwing out because I'm putting a different one in because I'm hesitant to put it in because it makes me sound so pervy. Oh, Again, okay. but it's not meant to be pervy. But the thing is... uh I'm not one to watch like the shorts on YouTube that are like yeah, I don't like, like TikTok. They're you pointless know? to me. I'll They're go pointless. to TikTok. Yeah, they if are I pointless. Watch that. Like I never watch. Oops, sorry, no. I hit my microphone. Me either. I never watch them. And then w- recently, I was within the last six months, I got into like I love the song "September" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled across like videos of people like dancing, like synchronized dancing to the song. Mm-hmm. And I loved those. And one of the ones I came across was a short by three teenage girls, like young teenage girls dancing to the song September. And I was like, I really like their little video they did. So then I watched some of their other stuff, but because then I watched some of their other stuff, it keeps showing up in my shorts. So I ended up constantly, and I became like really invested in these three (laughs) girls, like teenage girls. Uh, And... I watch, I still watch them all the time. I think I subscribe to it, but I just, I can get why people get pulled into that. Yeah, totally. Because like, I love these. If they're th- well done. Yeah, like I love these three girls. Um, so they are, I will tell you in one second here. Boo, boo, boo. Um, boom, boom, boom. So they go by the name Triple Charm. It's three sisters, three sisters named Amalia, Reina, and Gabriella. And I believe like they're like around 12, 13 and 14. So they do all these shorts, but they actually have like music videos they made. Mm -hmm. And one of their videos, one of their songs is called Summer Again. And literally since the first time I heard that song, it will not leave my head. Like, I love this song. I love the video. You know, like I love these girls. I think they seem like genuinely like like sweet teenage girls, like the kind I would have in my class. Mm-hmm. But this damn song, it like is stuck in my head and it will not leave my head like ever. <laughs> so they wrote the song or is this a they song? They wrote the song. They okay. wrote it, it's them performing. It's like oh. a music video. Like okay. when you think of that Friday by Rebecca. Yeah. Like it's yeah, like sure, that. Sure, sure. But these girls like are super talented and they just seem like genuinely good people. So like as pervy as it sounds, like I love watching their stuff. It's so the this next video I'm gonna do is the song Summer Again by Triple Charm. I love it. I just think they're amazing little people. Sweet. And like I said, this song just won't leave my head. I need like an exorcism on it (laughs) because it's literally stuck in my head all the time and I love it. So my second song is Summer Again by Triple Charm. Cool. So there you go. There are our song picks. We're going to wrap this up because this episode's getting long. Two hours and 29 minutes. Might be our longest episode. Means I'm going to have to knock it from best quality to medium quality in order to get it on YouTube. Yep. So yeah, I think me too. I, is there anything else we want to? Oh, the deets. Yeah, the deets. You can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. You can Twitter us at strange session without the final s. We are on Instagram where Krista does a great job at the strange sessions. You can send postcards and snail mail to the strange sessions, PO Box four three four, Manitowoc, Wisconsin five four two two one dash zero four three four, or you can call our lonely phone line at nine two zero four four three ninety six zero two, and you can send listener stories to. The Strange Session Stories at gmail.com. And I think that is it. Yeah, if you're a part of the book club or you want to be part of the book club, I'll just throw that out there. To Today we're recording um, this month's episode, this month's book, which is Stephen King's Just After Sunset. And if you want to hop on the bus, our next book is a Dean Kuntz book that, hold on, it's taking me a second. I got to get I got some flack for calling him a bargain basement. Yes, you did. Yes, you (laughs) did. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. It was rude. 
Um, the book is called False Memories. So we're starting that. We'll be recording that episode on May 20th. So that's four weeks. Um, should be plenty of time to read a book, I hope. Yep. So just if you haven't gotten on the book club train, now's your chance. I think officially our longest episode. So hopefully you guys don't hate that. Some yeah. of you like longer episodes. Hopefully you didn't some of you, fall asleep some or of anything. You don't. Uh, let us know if you have any mirror stories. Yeah. Because do you have I, a haunted mirror you want to? Yeah, let get let rid me of? know if you do the living doll Take game in the will. mirror. I want to know how it goes. Yeah, I would seriously try that for like a side sessions. I think the living doll game. Would you? I think so. Okay, I'd I do say the that first now. One. I say that now until it's like three o'clock in the morning, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, no. As soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I hear this, as soon as I hear the first little skittering of the doll moving around, I'd be like, nope. Tell yourself it's a squirrel on the roof or something. So if you have any. Thank any, you for the gifts. Yes, Tiana. thank you for the gifts. If you have any mirror Danielle. stories, let us know. Yeah. And with that, I think until next time, from Krista and I in the mirror, <laughs> mirror free. Mirrorless. Strange, strange seller. seller. Until next time, stay, stay strange. strange.